interview with John Paul DeWin about Guns N' Roses. Interview with Jack Guarneri of Jersey Jack Pinball. Breaking news from Dutch Pinball. Hi, and welcome to the uh, Pinball News and Pinball Magazine podcast. My name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm joined here today with... I'm Martin Ayub, and I'm the editor of Pinball News, and we're here to look back on the on the fascinating month in the world of pinball that was October 2020. And um, well, this time, well, this time last month, we were um, just reporting on the launch of a new pinball machine. From yeah, actually, if, if you listened to our podcast last month, you might remember that we actually delayed it a bit to cover the launch of uh, Jersey Jack Pinball's uh, new Guns N' Roses pinball machine. And rather um, inconveniently, um, they launched the game just as uh, I was away on vacation. Uh, yeah. So Jonathan was able to, to cover it all by himself. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, well... Of course, we can ask how your frigation was, but we're not going to do that because we're talking no, pinball. We're here to talk about, that's absolutely right. We don't talk about, about uh, non-pinball stuff. So we'll get on with the, with the proper stuff. Right. So, and, uh, um, so we're not going to uh, uh, focus on the, uh, the reveal of Guns N' Roses, but of course there is news to report about Jersey Jack Pinball. Um, let's get to that first. Obviously... Uh, the company has been promoting their new Guns N' Roses game, um, emphasizing Flash's, uh, Slash's involvement uh, in it uh, to get a lot of uh, mainstream and uh, rock music media uh, um, interested in reporting on the game as well. And apparently that worked out very well. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen it being picked up by all kinds of, of different outlets, including some of the, uh, some of the music stations which i listen to radio stations in in this country they even appeared there and they i can't imagine them ever covering anything to do with pinball they didn't, they didn't pick up on a kiss pinball or aerosmith or acdc but uh, guns and roses and having slashes involvement and you know and buy-in from the whole band and making it such a a, a themed and integrated package really seem to uh, do the trick for, for Jack, uh, Jersey Jack Pinball and uh, get it get that uh, that game noticed in markets that uh, would otherwise be very difficult to get into. Yeah, um, there's actually a very good article that was part of uh, Forbes. Um, it's uh, rather in-depth with uh, um, quotes from Eric Meunier and Slash and Jack Wanieri and... Um, Quite a lengthy article as well, which is uh, highly recommended. If you uh, read the Pinball Magazine newsletter, uh, there will be a link in there if you haven't found the article yet. So um, that's where you... The only downside to Forbes articles I've always found is that they insist on you um, not having an ad blocker on, or they won't show you the article. But uh, if you don't mind that, then... uh, head over to, uh, to Forbes.com and, and have a look. I'm sure Jonathan will, will give you a clickable link in his uh, monthly newsletter. Yeah, I'm not responsible for any uh, any uh, advertisements shown uh, on, on the page, but okay. So, um, but um, uh, f- uh, manufacturing-wise, uh, Jersey Jack Pimble started out with uh, the limited edition. Uh, I think uh, they had... Uh, a hundred games ready to to ship out uh, when the game was announced. 
which is something I've always always wanted to. That, that was the the, the uh, definition of being ready to launch a game that, that Jack's always been working towards was to have new inbox games ready to, to sell at the time it was revealed. Well, and it took ten to years, it. but he finally managed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> ten years and a, and a pandemic to slow everything down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we are in a pandemic. <laughs> ah, right. Okay, it's all becoming clear now. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, but um, so the limited edition uh, was the first model that was uh, uh, being shipped, uh, followed by the uh, standard edition, um, and uh, flipping out. Pinball uh, had a uh, gameplay reveal stream uh, on their channel, uh, which lasted almost six hours of the uh, the standard model. Standard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, there will be a link. Uh, well, if, if you if you Google flipping out pinball, you you'll find their stream, and it's not a problem. So, um, and what's also interesting in the um, uh, well, I don't want to lead into our second interview. Uh, so, so I was about to say something that I'm not going to uh, spoil yet. Um, but uh, okay, since we're on the topic of uh, uh, Guns N' Roses pinball, why not um, dive into our first interview uh, of today, which is with um, Jean-Paul De Win, who is the uh, who you may know as the LCD artist for Jersey Jack pinball meaning that he's uh, um, responsible for creating um, the uh, basically everything you see on the display of the game or display yeah, kind of interface of, uh, yes. user interface and uh, and all the all the wonderful 3d rendered animations that uh, well that's how it started out of course we ended up doing um, art direction as well on uh, on, ga- on other games from right. Jersey Jack. So. Yeah, well, well he, he was involved with uh, doing playfield art as well on The Hobbit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, um, yeah. So, um, uh, and, and remarkably, uh, I'd probably say, is that um, Jean Baudouin is from the Netherlands um, and he's working basically from his office in the Netherlands remotely uh, with, the, with the, everybody in America. Um, Skyping, FaceTiming, and and what have you. So, uh, yeah, well, he's, he's been doing that for a, for a good few years, isn't he? Long before it became popular with the pandemic for people to be working from home and zooming their their uh, their meetings and uh, and doing everything online. Yeah, he's 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 been doing this for a long time. So right. He's a, yeah, he's a probably the the one person that was not affected by the pandemic whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, although we do touch on that in in the interview, which we'll you'll hear in a moment. Right. So, uh, well, without further ado, let's just dive in uh, and let's yeah. let's see how our yeah. interview with Jean Paul went. Um, and we'll yeah, be telling back. us all about telling us all about his involvement in, uh, in the Guns and Roses from the very very start when he, when he first became involved, uh, right up to actually getting to play and see the game for the first time in person just very recently. Right. So uh, let's go and go and listen to to, to JP, and uh, here he is talking about uh, Guns and Roses pinball from Jersey Jack Pinball. We're uh, currently joined by Jean-Paul De Win, the um, LCD animator artist, if you want to call it, for Jersey Jack Pinball. He's been involved with um, all six of their games, and for the most recent title, Guns and Roses, he's actually been the art director as well as 
doing some of the art for the game himself and of course the LCD animations and supervising people and everything. And he's here to talk about his role in uh, Guns N' Roses. Welcome Jean-Paul De Wynne. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Was my summary anything close to what you did or is it like, no, I did so much more? <laughs> no, no, it's, a, it's a, that's a, about uh, the summary you can give, yeah. Right, well, thank you very much then, uh, <laughs> John Paul. And uh, we'll be, oh no, 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 so we're going to find out some more stuff about, uh, about Guns N' Roses, I, I suppose. And um, I'm going to start off by telling us how you, how you first got involved with the whole Guns N' Roses project. When, when did you know... That it was an upcoming title, and when did uh, when we brought on board to uh, to do all the work that you eventually ended up doing? Mm -hmm. Right. So the um, the project sort of started before I even knew we were gonna do Guns N' Roses. I um, I told a friend about uh, Jack bringing a game to the to the New York concert, of, uh, which people might have seen pictures of dialed in backstage. And um, mm -hmm. this friend told me, like, hey, maybe you can do something like that similarly in, uh, in Nijmegen, the, the hometown where I live. Um, apparently, Guns N' Roses was going to perform there in the summer. And um, that's how I got in contact with a friend of mine from the, the concert uh, organizers. And I arranged to uh, put uh, a game backstage as well. So um, when I told that to the company, they were like, oh, then we have to get you in contact with, uh, with Slash because um, we're going to do a game for uh, Guns N' Roses. And so, so that's when I, when I heard we were actually going to do uh, Guns N' Roses. And that obviously was uh, in the works. And that's probably also why Jack put the game backstage back then. So right. that's when uh, it sort of started. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you or were you a fan of the band at that point? Um, of, of all the the bands from from that era, like uh, mm -hmm. Metallica and uh, ACDC and all the rock bands from the the start of the uh, end of the eighties, I think Guns N' Roses was my uh, must, was my favorite. Yes, I listened to it uh, um, uh, often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, and uh, did did you ever go to? Were you going to go to the concert, um, or did you did you go to the the, the tour, which um, the, the the not in this lifetime mm. tour, or, or were we were you familiar with it before you? Started? I had I had not seen Guns N' Roses live before. Uh, I did see Slash with the Velvet Revolver in the nineties oh, yeah. summer. Um, but uh, no, I hadn't seen the, the, the because they actually visited Nijmegen twice in a row. Uh, uh, first in uh, 2017 and then in 2018 again, and I was actually a bit surprised that they did uh, the same uh, the same uh, uh, location um, because here. In, in Nijmegen, they always have like a big uh, concert each year in the summer, but it's always a different artist. But apparently, yeah. it sold out well, so that's why they're right. Yeah. right. Headline, were they? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, when you were bringing this game backstage at the at at this show, um, you met Slash, but at that point, you were not yet working on the game, I suppose. No. 
Uh, no, uh, mm-hmm. But the fact that you uh, met Slash uh, that early on in the uh, um, well, the development process of the game, um, did that benefit you? Uh, benefit you later on uh, when you were working on animations and uh, uh, maybe had personal contact with Slash to to get some things going or. Uh, um, was there any contact after that with Slash um, uh, during the development of the game for you, mm-hmm. in the sense, like, what can you use of the artwork or um, uh, video assets and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, the, 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 the meeting itself was re- pretty brief. It was around 15, 20 minutes, because, uh, of course, he uh, has to prepare for the concert, and we talked uh, briefly. And it, and it was I was under the you know, well. It, it was pretty clear that he wasn't aware that I was from Jersey Jack when I when I um, met him, mm-hmm. and he was uh, he was like thanking me for uh, bringing the game, and he was enjoying it. And then he wanted to actually take off, and I and I said, oh, well, are you? Do you know that I I'm, I'm going to work on your game on the Guns N' Roses game? Uh, as the uh, screen animator, and then he, and he was, then he, I got his attention, <laughs> and he was I surprised, bet. like, oh, oh, and then so then we, then we talked on a bit more about the upcoming game, but it wasn't uh, really uh, much in the works at that moment. So the very initial uh, ideas were there, and um, we discussed that a bit, but then the the. The more the conversations came later on, when I was um, I was asked to do the uh, the art direction on the game, and we had I think I had two or three Skype calls with Eric together with him, and then later on it um, um, Eric got to be like the main person to have uh, have the conversations with him, just to sure. to to have one channel to right. to do all the communications uh, with yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, we probably shouldn't jump too far ahead uh, straight away mm-hmm. into uh, into the the actual process of the game but w- was that the uh, the not in this lifetime tour that you were at yeah was that it was yeah. right so did, did you did you go um in front of the stage and, and see the the actual show itself yeah or were you were you at yeah. the back uh, hunched over a a hot pinball for the entire duration. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, you said like um, yeah, the, make yourself at home, and I and I was uh, free to play the pinball, um, uh, but he was gonna retreat, and uh, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna play my own pinball here backstage. So I just went to the to the uh, to the field, and right. uh, so we got uh, the VIP passes, and I'm. It, Originally, we got like free tickets from the tour, uh, from the concert operator. But then, because we got the VIP badges, we were able to go into the, the Golden Circle to go in front right. of the stage, uh, yeah. which was that, awesome. had access, access all areas, pretty much. Yes, yeah. yes, and it's very easy to get uh, to get a uh, get some beer and go back in front of the stage. So that that was really nice, and yeah, we could yeah, it was uh, like a. A three or three and a half hour show, so it's pretty, uh, pretty uh, a long show. So but, this, uh, was it great? Was was two hours of that waiting for Axel to turn up? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you no. throw a lot of beer to the stage? 
<laughs> no, I don't throw beers. I drink beer. <laughs> okay. So, um, no, no, well, that must have been a very, uh, very cool experience, uh, yeah. of course. And, um, well, while we're, uh, while Martin doesn't want to jump ahead uh, yeah. that often, um, what I'm actually curious about, um, uh, you have now been art directing. Uh, what will probably go down into uh, uh, history as uh, the game which has the most licensing assets ever available. Mm -hmm. Did that complicate uh, uh, your work? Because obviously there were a ton of shows from you to, to, to pull video from. And, um, well, you worked with several artists on art packages and so on. And... Um, was that a sort of a luxury problem or um of course it's a luxury problem um i'm not sure if like the the art package package itself isn't okay so we have the the the, the poster cabinet which is mostly like uh, assets but uh, the rest is all custom made uh, and, and and of course we have all the footage for the screens the screens which yeah. which was uh, yeah that was of course uh, great to have that much uh, available uh, as assets absolutely um, right but I mean you you said earlier that you were the uh, well you were the art director for this you've been effectively been art directing all the games haven't you really up until mm, this point no no um, I think it, and, uh, The Hobbit was my like the first project where I um, also did the artwork for then we mm -hmm. got dialed in and then that was John Yowsey oh, John Yowsey Yowsey yeah. was directed by Pat himself and and um, then we got the Pirates and Pirates was done by Jay-Z He's uh, who has left, but yeah, you could say I, we, you know, it's I didn't really uh, direct Jay Z, and yeah, you you give your opinions, but this was more. Um, I mean, uh, then we got uh, Wonka was which was uh, Yaosi again, and now here I was asked by uh, by Josie Jack if I actually wanted to do the art. Also on, on Guns N' Roses, and I and it was pretty early on that I said, well, I'm not sure if I can, you know, time-wise, it's it I cannot do and the animations and all the artwork. And besides that, I'm I'm not a great like illustrator or artist myself, um, or in, let's see, let's say illustrator, and I could totally I see that this game needed hand-drawn artwork and original artwork right. and that's yeah. when I said well I, you know I'm, I'm I have to pass on it but I, I would love to do art direction on it so that's um, that's how that came to be yeah it's a, so so who, who were you working with on this game and, and, and what was the sort of sharing of responsibilities who, who did what mm -hmm. um, you said you weren't an illustrator, so obviously somebody has done some some fantastic illustration on the on the on the playfield and on the yeah. cabinets. Um, yeah, so, so so we had to uh, we had to look for a new artist um, to to do this. So I went uh, online, and Eric went online to look for a 
artist and we all came up with with different uh, people who mm-hmm. we approached and eventually we we uh, I found Dane Henry on Behance which is an artist website and you can look yeah you can really nicely look for uh, illustration work and you can um, search also in areas so first we I looked into the Chicago area but I broadened the searches and I, I eventually came up to uh, Dane he's in uh, California and he, he was his work is mainly uh, w- was a lot of um, concert posters for Foo Fighters and Metallica and it oh, really right. caught my eye and I thought this is this is awesome this this is I can see this totally working in the game and I I shared it with Eric and and he was enthusiastic so we shared with Slash and he was he was a bit reluctant in the start because he wasn't really uh, fond of the, the the use of color in in his work he doesn't use that much bright colors and um, but we uh, we had to convince him and uh, and about uh, to tell him like um, with my art direction uh, we can get him I'm I'm pretty sure we can get him to do uh, what we what we think is good for uh, this game and pinball and um, luckily eventually he agreed to it and uh, and yeah as you can see the result is amazing yeah. and, so, so he, he did um, or cabinet and playfield art, did he? No, he, so he did um, the playfield. He started on the playfield and some and the back glasses. And um, it was in the beginning. He he was uh, a bit struggling with. Um, he had not, never done this before, and it was clear that sure. um, um, he is used to like a square or a rectangular uh, canvas. Where you yeah. can do whatever you want, oh, but here, yeah, yeah, here you have all the lanes and the inserts and all the uh, the rules, and and he, it was a bit hard for him to get into it. But eventually, so you know, we we had many uh, sessions and brainstorm sessions and live sessions where we sketched out ideas, and um, so he started delivering uh, parts and uh, pieces and. Uh, I started um, com- composing, uh, putting them into place and composing and adding the colors and the colors he had added, I brightened them up and or changed some colors so it was more in a more a pinball uh, yeah. feel. So that's how that uh, was sort of uh, constructed. <laughs> right. So, so uh, just to to uh, to understand this correctly, so um, he was basically sketching up uh, separate items that you then could position on the playfield and size them any any size that you needed them to be uh, and to position them where they uh, uh, would uh, fit best on, on the playfield, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. And in the meanwhile, I, I also had like pictures of the the game, like players' perspective of the Whitewood, and I would project uh, all these sketches on the the playfield and Photoshop, so he could also get an idea of where this uh, how this was going to look. And uh, we send it back and forth, and uh, that's yeah, it's uh, it's quite it was quite a process, but 
but the game the game was was um, it, it is in development for quite some time, or at least it appeared to be. We don't know exactly when the game was was really sort of finished and signed mm. off, but. Um, there was certainly quite a long gap between between uh, Wonka coming out and uh, Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you were, you know, compositing the playfield artwork, were, was the playfield pretty much um, signed off and nailed down at that point? Did you know where all the all the playfield features were going to be, or was there still a certain amount of uh, you know modification and tweaking and and um, and changes taking place, you know, mm-hmm. to, to go go with the mechanisms and also with the rules? Yeah, not, not, yeah. There's always um, there is always changes, um, and that's also yeah. That's always tricky. Like uh, you want to get the art finished as soon as possible, but the, if there's one change in uh, in, uh, in the playfield or mechanic, you have to redraw art lines or yeah, go back into your composition and shift things. But um, yeah, there were uh, deadlines we had to. Uh, achieve and those were uh, hit so it was sure. yeah, yeah, yeah finished when uh, it needed to be finished and, and uh, I'll dive in on another quick question as well mm-hmm. was there a was there a kind of a, a concept an overall concept for what you wanted to do with the game you know was it all about it being a tour was it about it being a concert was it about you know because the, the cabinets are, are very different from yeah. the limited edition compared to the, <clears throat> the standard and the um the collector edition because they're, they're the more the the cartoon style yeah. the illustrated whereas the yeah. the limited edition is very much about the posters for the from the tour yeah so what what was the what was the concept going into this as to what you wanted to do with the with the artwork well the so the the artist who did the the uh, cabinets um we, we had a the tour poster um idea uh, a long while so, uh, when we saw all those assets, Eric really wanted those to be on a cabinet. So that was that was one concept that was you know pretty clear from the start. Then we had uh, Arian Bueller, who is the original po- po- uh, one of the original poster artists, who was uh, proposed by Slash to to approach for the the other cabinets. And mm-hmm. that's what we did, and he was into it, and um, so he started with that um, poster uh, cabinet, and, um, and which was nice because he also knew the community in which posters right, were like yeah. most uh, most uh, well known and most uh, uh, appreciated by the, the the Guns N' Roses fans. Sure. So. That was nice, and and the cabinet turned out really well. Uh, as you see it also in the reactions, it's good to see that people really uh, like that cabinet. Uh, I think it's also very nice, uh, mm. especially in person. Yeah. Um, and then he so and then it was for us clear that we wanted to do uh, an appetite for destruction uh, collector's edition cabinet, which doesn't necessarily has anything to do with the not in this lifetime tour um no but that's their like classic uh yeah. album yeah um, mm-hmm. so that's the um, the design around that is um the original like the original album art of the the red baron the monster jumping over the fence 
attacking the the robot that's um, mm -hmm. originally uh, and not not known by that many many people actually, uh, but I knew it, and I I'm not sure if Aryan came up with uh, using those monsters. And obviously, you also see them in a lot of in the tour posters as well. Um, but um, we, uh, during one of the sessions, we came up with the idea of the robot throwing a pinball at the, the other one and making it like uh, some sort of a battle uh, between the two. And um, that's how that cabinet uh, design was, um, was, was formed. Um, and then during that, um, during the design phase, Aryan uh, announced that he couldn't, uh, he, he was going to switch jobs or uh, switch um, companies or something like that. And he oh, couldn't, right. he couldn't uh, finish the third cabinet. So that's where Mark uh, Molitor came in as the uh, artist for the, uh, for, the, for the standard edition cabinet. And he sketched up some, some ideas of um, the, um, the racing, uh, the rat, rat thing uh, race, which was also an idea which, which had come up earlier on a, on a session with Slash we, uh, and Aryan. Uh, one of the ideas was to do something like that. So also not ne necessarily has something to do with uh, the tour, more about, yeah, um, transportation i guess and uh and, and driving but slash really liked the idea of, of those <laughs> monsters in in, in, yeah. in cars and um and and the result is three totally different cabinets which is when i each time i see it it's like three uh, three different games and i was really looking forward to see how that was going to be um it, um um, um, received by the the, the people, right. like uh, yes. which which one are they gonna, you know, which one are they gonna choose as a favorite? Is is it, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. I think it's cool that there's it's very clear that there's three different packages, and um, with some games you don't really see the the differences or there is like a minor difference it gets just a bit uh, yeah. there's just a bit more added to it and then uh, a bit more added to the, uh, the special edition or the collector's and of course the, of course the cabinet design is also i'll say yeah. <laughs> mirrored as it were mm. on the on the back glass as well all surround to the screen because each one of those is different and matches the cabinet art doesn't it uh, sorry again the the back oh, glass no, the, the back glass, oh, the, 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 the translite that goes around the, or the back glass, yeah. goes around the monitor, that, they're all different and, th and yeah. have the same kind of artwork as yeah. the cabinet as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Mark did that uh, entirely, the standard edition, also the back glass. In the case of the collector's edition, uh, the back glass was um, illustrated by the intern I, who had just started in uh, September of last year. And um, I just I proposed that uh, and asked him if he wanted to uh, if he wanted to try and do the backlash for the collector's edition. And um, 
and it was quite a, it was sort of a gamble, but uh, I was really, yeah, I, I, I this, um, so his name is Jasper Abels, Jasper Abels in Dutch. Um, he actually, I uh, helped on the Pirates of the Caribbean user interface um, two years ago, or two years before. Um, because I found him on the on the web as well, and I approached him if he could help me with all the the, the curly stuff and the, the iron curly uh, stuff you see in the in the user yeah. interface. And, he, and that's his work. And and I was very happy with his work. And I said, and I was doing uh, study game design in here in Holland. And I said, well, if you ever are, if you are ever are looking for an uh, internship. Um, I, I'd be happy to to uh, offer you a place, and that's uh, what uh, what happened. And he so he uh, he started uh, a year ago, and um, obviously he's uh, he's uh, sorry, he's, uh, he's a very talented guy, obviously. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's, it's he told also one of the I think the first week when he started he told me about he won uh, an international uh, worldwide uh, uh, contest for creating a poster for Spider-Man and that's when I I was really surprised and I and there were like 5,000 artists who send in stuff and he won that so that's when I thought, well, maybe he can do a backlash, and that's, uh, I think it turned out really well. He really looked at Dane's style, we wanted to, yeah. to fit to Dane's style, and and um, and he, he's just amazing. Um, you know, he, he took pictures from the, uh, seven different pictures from the band members, composed them in, in Photoshop, and then we sent them in, like, this is the, our initial composition, and then he just paints over it in, uh, in Photoshop, and it looks like uh, a drawing, so... Yeah, I think it's I think that's one of the few places, or in fact, probably the only place, I think, isn't it, in the game where you yeah. actually see the, the band members themselves, not, not as caricatures or, yeah. or as monsters, but uh, as themselves. Yeah. yeah. That's the, uh, the, that's, uh, that was also, like, one of the... Um, wishes of Slash when we were doing all these skeletons and zombies and, and weird monsters, he said, well, can we also try a rendering of ourselves? And, and that's why this backlash ended up like that. Yeah. Right. Excellent. Right. So um, the uh, collector's edition also has a, uh, a topper. Were you involved in that as well? Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, I think I did the topper in this case. Um, uh, I think the the so the the topper itself is the the logo. The logo was also an idea by Eric. Um, from all the assets, we saw that um, Guns N' Roses has these. Uh, they mocked up different versions of their original logo with different guns and, and swords instead of the the pistols. And um, Eric, one day, came up. Let's let's change the guns with uh, bats and, um, and flip, flipper uh, bats. Are these? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the flipper bats. <laughs> yeah, not the the Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I mocked it, mocked that up in three D, and I was, I was. 
I was going to be, I said, I'm going to be surprised if they actually let us do this, um, you know, mixing up uh, like the original logo like this, but they, they loved it, they approved it, and um, that's how it got into the game, and it's been used for a lot of promotion, so that's, uh, yeah. it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's I merchandise, I, uh, I see, yeah. so, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, really, really cool. And um, uh, we haven't talked about the, the the LCD animation part of this mm -hmm. uh, this project. Um, obviously, there's the, uh, the the footage from the concerts, but there's also uh, all sorts of animations that that need to be created and um, mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, what can you tell about that? Uh, lots, lots. Where do you? I leave start? it up to you to see to see where where would you like to start? I mean, the logo. Well, can, is, I, can I make a suggestion? Because in uh, having seen your presentations on how you created the user interface mm -hmm. for various previous games, mm -hmm. what was the what was the what was the concept for the user interface for this? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the so in this case we basically created two main user interfaces, like we have an out-of-song mode and an in-song mode. And the out-of-song mode is where you see the stage and nobody is on stage and um, you have to collect all the band members and once you have collected them you can start a song and it's when the band is ready. So right. the idea was to show this stage and all the instruments and have them in a state of collect collected or not collected, and and that's sort of the visual guide to to show you where you are. Um, of course, you can see all that also in the inserts in front of you, but mm -hmm. um, it's my task, of course, to make that pretty. And um, so I, you know, we have three models of all the instruments, and I, it's. Um, uh, you want it to be as close as possible to the original uh, uh, instruments because Duff has a specific uh, bass guitar, uh, which is is his his own design. Um, and you, yeah, you just and, and then I started looking at the the the, the stage, the stage uh, specifically for this tour with all the stairs and the, the monitors on on the stairs and. But I, of course, it cannot fit on on the monitor. Or if I create like the real stage, it would be very small. So, yes. so yeah, you so scale, wide. Yeah, you scale it up so it uh, fits the screen, and it's it's sort of your uh, artistic impression of the the stage. But it's pretty resemblant of their their not in this lifetime tour stage. Right. And, um, so we can show like um, videos on there as well. Um, uh, on the stairs as well, as you can, maybe not many people have noticed it yet, but on the stairs on the stage, there is also animations going on, um, and even like when a song is lit and you you switch and you hit a target next to the ramps, it switches to the, the next up song, and it will show you the um, the uh, visuals of the of the next song in the stairs. Yeah. So. Okay. Mm. Found a lot of uh, detail, I would say, uh, went into this, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Um, oh, my dishwasher is ready. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we can pick up that uh, sound. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. 
you can wait, we can wait a bit uh, maybe to uh, that it will be finished in uh, two or three uh, beats. You hear that or not? Yeah, yeah. we hear that. Yeah. Uh, this is our mute, musical uh, uh, intermission. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking for a minute Gary was calling in, but no, no actually, <laughs> believe it or not, Gary called in during this interview. Um, but I uh, um, rudely turned him down. Uh, I just didn't answer the call. I found this a uh, little bit more. Uh, I needed to focus on this call, so okay. oh, I'm sure he'll make appearance later. Perfect. Most likely. <laughs> I think it's ready here. Uh, right. one. So. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so that's we, we, we've seen seen all the all the, um, the the video footage from the tour and and the stage videos, mm -hmm. and um, I guess you you got the logos as well for for the band. Uh, did you get any other assets? Actually, as part of it, like a style guide or um, or a pack of, of um, you know asset material that you, you to work with, or did you have to generate pretty much everything yourself? Um, so we have the the videos of the uh, we we got like I think eighteen different concerts from from all over the world um, uh, where, from their uh, performances. That's um, a lot of material. Yes. Um, that was a lot of material, um, and we had to dig it through. So it was a full concert, and um, well, next to that, we also uh, got all the videos they show uh, on their stage during the show. Yeah, um, and we got in contact with the uh, the company who created those, so they shared their videos, and uh, and that's it. Uh, the 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 posters, uh, but there is not really a style guide. I guess there is some sort of a style guide with with the tour, some some tour logos, some prints they used. Like even on their tour plane, they had some uh, oh, artwork yeah. for that, and that's oh, yeah, that's what you get shared. But originally, there is there isn't really that much uh, Guns and Roses. Uh, album artwork, like what, what, you, what, what really, where you can really build upon, except for maybe Appetite for Destruction, where you have the skull heads, but Use Your Illusion right. or uh, Chinese Democracy, the, the album covers aren't really yeah. inspiring to, to create that much art from. Um, so you, so you, weren't, you weren't using any sort of licensed assets for those? You were uh, creating your own. Did that make the, the sort of approval and the sign-off process um, easier, um, or, or was it harder because because you weren't using pre-authorized um, mm -hmm. assets? Well, the, the, the most of what you see, the added, the animations and the the, 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 the videos mm -hmm. were just original, and so that was all okay to use and. The, the rest you do, you you send over to mainly to directly to Slash, and if he was okay with it, then there was not not my, many other people who had to say anything about it. So well, I was going to ask, going to ask how, how helpful it was having Slash involved, yeah, 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 getting was, it cleared. That was almost the, the the closest and the clearest and the the easiest uh, licensor I've ever uh, worked with. It's, uh, wow. you know, when you work with a company like um, uh, a film studio, 
there's a lot of people who have to go over your work and you have to oh, send exactly. in every clip and here it's just you send it almost over uh, WhatsApp uh, uh, messaging. Right. And it comes no, so all, all, the, all the band members didn't have to give their individual approval and say, you know, I think my no. my nose should be a bit smaller or well, uh, something some, a bit yeah. taller. Yeah, in some cases... In some cases, the uh, the manager of the band uh, passed it on to the other band members, and we got feedback back. But there weren't oh. many real big issues. No. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I really like how to see. Um, if, if you look at the uh, uh, the fonts used, uh, especially on on well. Uh, on the game, but also on the flyers and so on, uh, you really use the, uh, uh, the the fonts from the Guns N' Roses logo, as we also know it from, I think, uh, Usual Illusion One and Two. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that that to me makes it kind of a, uh, a cohesive package, uh, even though Guns N' Roses had several different logos throughout the years, because we also mm -hmm. had the cross and uh, well, there's the. Um, the uh, the circular logo, which I understand is actually the back of a bullet. Yeah, yeah, that's what I found out as well. When I when I we we got like three D files also from the robot, but also from the logo. And in the in a three D program, I I noticed that there is like an entire bullet behind the uh, <laughs> the logo, and right. I didn't realize ever that it was the back of a bullet, like the the, the gold. Um, like copper uh, shell of a bullet, and then uh, the center, yeah. But yeah, the, the the typography is so yeah, it's so recognizable for this band, and and that had to be used. Although it was a really difficult uh, font to use on screen um, because of the thin oh yeah vertical lines, thin serif font, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so I had to thicken that up a bit here and there. Uh, especially on the screen, but uh, yeah, and the flyers, flyers were also created by uh, by Jasper. Mm. Yeah, great job on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, I understood. Uh, obviously, um, uh, you're based in the Netherlands, and uh, usually it takes uh, a bit of time before games, uh, after they've been launched, get to Europe. Uh, but I understood you recently were in the position to. Uh, uh, go over to uh, Pinball Universe in Germany and uh, basically to play the game for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Can you? What, I know. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what was your impression of the game? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really hard to uh, to judge the the game while you worked so so long on it, and uh, obviously I hadn't played it, um, but you but you have your own like idea or vision on what it's going to, going to feel like and then it it's really weird to see it in in person for because um, it is um is it a, it is an arrow body and 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 it and I, I and for some reason it all felt really small um, maybe also because I'm used to play pirates a lot here at home uh, but uh, which is a wide body, but um, the, all the all the measurements and felt really weird, um, and it was maybe also because you you I, I looked at the play field so many times on my computer screen, 
and there you scale in and you, and you zoom in and you see all the elements really, really uh, in detail. But then in, in person, it, it, it feels smaller. But um, yeah, it was, it was obviously great to see the, the, the light show and, 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 yeah. and, and the game in person. Um, and then I mean, obviously, I, a, a, a printed, um, printed artwork looks very different to how it would appear on a monitor. Right. Um, how how did that turn out? Were you, were you happy with the with the way with the you know, saturation of the colours yeah. and, and the balance of the of the game? No, absolutely. Um, uh, I did get uh, test prints from uh, Mirko, uh, like uh, uh, to, to, oh, course, yes. to 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 see the colours and to judge the colours, and and from that you can still make your changes. So I did did get a also a version printed on wood. Um, but still, it's it's hard to judge in like with inserts lit up and uh, in a dark environment. So it's it's and and all the other artwork like cabinets is also I cannot judge it from a, a screen or uh, mm. all the prints are being made in the U.S. and we're not gonna so the the, the proof prints are being sent to the company in Chicago and Mark was mainly doing the the work for me there, like uh, comparing the, the colors, and, and then I had to make changes uh, going from their commands, which is a bit harder to do. <laughs> like yeah. they, like the, the, the side blades, they sent me pictures, and um, they're like, yeah, they're a bit uh, too dark or a bit too, but you know, the pictures are not going to do, you know, not going to tell you what exactly the color is because my screen is different and maybe yeah. the, the, the camera is different. Yeah. 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 So that was pretty tough to do, but, uh, yeah. Did, did you ever wish that you could just jump on a plane, go over there and look at it and go, ah, oh, yeah, I see mm -hmm. what needs to be done. Yeah. That, do, that, do you miss that? that? <laughs> yeah. That, that is obviously that would be possible. I see it as a, a bit of a waste of, um, um, yeah, time and, and money in that sense, uh, I, I, and and environment, uh, you know, traveling back and forth for such a thing, um, and yeah, that's that's the way it is, and I I I, I learn to uh, do it on this like in this distance uh, working. So well, I don't so, think yeah. you could have gone, uh, gotten over uh, due to uh, the the current pandemic uh, that we're still uh, suffering yeah. under. Yeah, so, well, the plan. Yeah, the plan was to to, to visit uh, Chicago. I think in last April or or May, and then uh, the pandemic hit in uh, in, in March. March. So yeah. we, um, yeah, I I, I haven't. I wasn't able to see the new factory, etc., etc. Et so uh, sure. I'll, I'll just have to wait until uh, I don't know whenever. Yeah. So, so uh, the game was released as you know, feature complete, but of course the software gets developed over time and mm. more features get added. Are you still working on it? And are there more assets to go in the game that we haven't seen? No, before? no. The game is pretty much uh, programmed in, and the assets are already. Ready to go. I, I I don't see myself creating much more for it. It's uh, it's uh, pretty much done from my point. That's, 
That's pretty unusual, isn't it? Mm. In, uh, from, from your experience of working on JJP games, you normally had uh, been, been creating stuff long after the game was released. Mm. Yeah, I guess we just have more time <laughs> before they get released. Um, I didn't... Uh, we didn't... Yeah, in some occasions, we, we add some more stuff. Maybe, yeah, like The Hobbit and... Uh, yeah. Right, but, so... Uh, so yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to, to make more games, so we just have to move on and to continue uh, to the next game. And, right. And we have more help, like Mark is also doing animations in Chicago, and, and, and Jesper was also a great asset to, uh, to do some, uh, some pre-work on the animations. Um, and like the uh, Coma Multiball was totally um, created by our own assets. Like I'm not sure if that has been presented yet on uh, on videos, but you have this skeleton in a in a bed in a hospital bed riding down the hospital, and um, oh yeah, I think I've seen that. Yes, yeah, and that's all created yeah. by by right. your own. Right. So so you're no longer working on uh, Guns N' Roses, which must. Uh, uh, hopefully mean that you're already working on your next game for Jersey Jack Pinball. Um, mm -hmm. Are you uh, in, uh, 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 acting as an art director again? Or is that something you can't talk about? Or are you uh, uh, back to just doing the, uh, the LCD animations? Um, I'm right now mainly doing animations, uh, but I, I do get involved in um, talking about uh, the artwork. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm this much involved, uh, that much involved as in Guns N' Roses. So, right. Yeah. Right. So, which title did you say that was? Um, My Little Pony? Was it? <laughs> All right, right, right. <laughs> Wasn't so. that what Jack uh, said? <laughs> 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 so, are you working with any of the, the same team members as you were on Guns N' Roses, or is it a different team? No, it's 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 uh, mostly uh, uh, the same team. Yeah, except it's uh, the next uh, will be uh, Pat's game, and yeah, so sure. it's not Eric's game, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, as, as far as the art, the art side of it goes, and the display, and the and the uh, mm -hmm. the whole package that that. Um, you're still still part of the the same team of uh, of designers and yeah. you're right. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Right. Good. So mm. we'll, we'll see more from them. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Eric already mentioned that he's already working on his next game, and uh, mm. apparently uh, uh, Guns N' Roses, at least the, his his playfield work, has already been done for quite some time. Um, uh, as I as we were just discussing your role as a um, uh, art director. Uh, is there any chance that you'll be art directing Eric's next game as well, or is that too early to say? Uh, it's too early to say. Let's uh, let's hope so. It's uh, it's always a pleasure with uh, working with um, Eric. He's a great uh, team player. He knows how to utilize you know the people in their like profession. Uh, but he is also very creative in, in in a lot of things. Like he also has opinions about uh, art, and and he he's he, you know is the ideas of the drumsticks and the guitar, and he's very passionate about, about everything. So 
he's a great director in bringing every aspect uh, together uh, and and keeping you know and using people in their uh, best ability so that's that's great to work with him and, we, and I saw that with pirates and I saw it now and 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 I guess he's he's only getting better at it, so <laughs> it's uh, it's good for the future of uh, Pinball. Okay, excellent. Um, well, um, luckily, uh, well, you already had the chance to play the game. We haven't yet, uh, mm-hmm. although I can't wait to play it. So hopefully, games will be out on location in uh, the Netherlands and Europe as well. Obviously, yeah. Martin is also dying to play uh, play the game. You bet. Uh, are you are you getting a machine yourself? Uh, yes, yes, eventually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, yeah. Well, so. well, do let do let us know when it arrives, and we'll be round. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You're, you're For right. our best chance of playing it, to be honest, yeah. is uh, is at your place. Yeah. No, absolutely. When so you're, uh, when you're in the neighbourhood, just uh, let me know. Right. Thank you very much. Look forward to it. Okay. Um, Thank you, Jean-Paul, for uh, well this invitation, but also for uh, talking to us t- and, and uh, walking us through the uh, creative process of uh, the cabinet artwork and uh, the, the uh, LCD animations of uh, uh, Jersey Jack's uh, Guns N' Roses. Um, obviously, um, this is definitely, um, probably, I'd say, Jersey Jack's biggest hit so far. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, I get that feeling as well. Right. Yeah, I think pre-sales are amazing, and uh, I'm sure it'll can carry on selling well. It's yeah. uh, it's a time. So it's I suppose like like uh, pretty much all the Jersey Jack games, it's it's timeless. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not always the case with bands. You know, bands seem to uh, peak and uh, lose their popularity. But uh, mm-hmm. Guns and Roses seem to be up there, and uh, and no, they are literally you know one of the timeless bands, and yeah. uh, and I yeah. think this will be a timeless game. So mm-hmm. I think you you catch that very well. Yeah. yeah. So, congrats okay. on the on the on the success of this game, in which you had a very uh, very large contribution. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, hopefully, uh, we we get to see a lot more uh, games with uh, uh, your hand in it, so to speak. <laughs> My hand. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, all the compliments. It's uh, it's really good to also see all the reactions online. It's uh, it's amazing to uh, to read all uh, the good comments. So that's. That's, uh, thank you all for that. That's great. And there you have it, Jean-Paul. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Uh, he was very kind uh, to, to stay up a little uh, longer than he usually would do uh, to, to talk to us. Uh, but yeah, we're we very, to deal with. very appreciative that he is uh, willing to talk to us. And uh, I'm actually glad that um, I think he's one of the few people that hasn't been on any other podcast so far yet um, uh, which helps us to bring you fresh content instead of the same story that you already heard like a, do- uh, yeah. a, a dozen times <laughs> so that's but what uh, we, that's what we try and do right so uh, thank you uh, again uh, Jean-Paul De Win and uh, well of course um, part due to his uh, uh, art direction the game Looks as stellar as it does. So, um, hands off, uh, hats off to uh, to Jean Paul De Win for yeah, his contribution absolutely. to the game. Three, three unique and uh, thoroughly um, theme encompassing 
designs and uh, as well as all the all the uh, on-screen graphics as well. So uh, yeah, it's got, it's got a good team there working at JJP, um, producing you know, a whole package of uh, of art and um, and visuals for the game. Right, very impressive. Right. So, um, you want to head over to our uh, second interview right away? Yes. Well, of course, um, we always like to, wherever we can, speak to the the head head honcho, and that uh, is, of course, uh, Jack Guarneri, who uh, founded Jersey Jack Pinball and has been um, been holed up at, at home in uh, in New Jersey. But uh, did did go up to the new factory for the manufacture or for the release and reveal of the new game, and to uh, and to uh, tip his hat to uh, to Slash, and uh, hang out together, and uh, help promote the game. And uh, he, it's it's very easy to not to to underappreciate all the work that goes into making a game happen. Not just in the uh, in the latter manufacturing and, and coding and, and graphics that we t- we've been talking about with JP, but also about you know how the whole concept came came into being. You know why is there a, a Guns and Roses game? How how did that idea come up? Because uh, it's, it's not the first one. And what what were the aims of, of the team who who uh, who wanted to to produce the game? So only one way to find out, and that's to ask Jack himself. So uh, Jonathan and I have just been speaking to him, and uh, he can tell us exactly how Guns N' Roses came about and how the current state of play is at Jersey Jack Pimple. So uh, over to uh, Jack. So with us, joining us uh, on the phone is uh, one of this year's um, inductees of the uh, Pimble Expo Hall of Fame. Uh, which is none other than uh, Jersey Jack Pinball founder Jack Guarnieri. Welcome, Jack, and congratulations. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was a nice moment to be inducted into the in the Pinball Expo Hall, Hall of Fame. Was, was it uh, unexpected, or had you been pre-warned? No, 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 I was not pre-warned. It was very unexpected, very humbling, very surprising, and actually... Um, you know, to have Gary Flower do that, I thought, I thought we were starting off with some kind of jokes or something. Like that. Uh, <laughs> a joke with, with Gary, Gary Flower? Who would do that? Gary, Gary never jokes. Yeah, no, you know, I, mean, I, I, uh, I was sitting in a spot in my office with my Guns N' Roses game behind me, and I reached down and I got one of Gary's books, and then I reached down and got a second copy of his book. So uh, he's got to know that I love him, but. Neither one is autographed, so uh, I'm going to have one of the rare ones. <laughs> wow! No, that's a more valuable unsigned. I They're more valuable. I think every one of them has been signed except the two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think so. Yeah, you've got the rare, rare, rare unsigned copy. Yeah, it must be like a, a, a limited collector's edition or something or some sort. <laughs> it was it was very surprising, and then. Um, you know, I started getting texts from all kinds of people uh, listening, and that was very cool. And then, uh, you know, my wife came into my office to, to you know, record me. Uh, I guess Jen told her uh, for some reason, so she was lurking around. And then after everything was all over and the dust settled, Joanne said to me, 
So where is this uh, pinball hall of fame? <laughs> you know, where, where, where is it? <laughs> I think it's in Rob Burke's mind somewhere in Ohio. Uh, she said, "Does it come with any kind of financial stipend, <laughs> like Nobel Prize or something like that?" And this is. No, I don't think so. I th I think in the long run it'll cost me money somehow. We'll figure it out. Well, <laughs> well, congratulations anyway. It's uh, long overdue, and uh, well, it's surprising that uh, I think a, a lot of people were surprised you hadn't already been inducted into the, in the Pinball Expo Hall of Fame. But uh, I'm glad. Well, we're all glad to see that that put right after long, long last. Anyway, well, that was very nice. It was very nice. Yeah, it was a shame. It was a, a virtual event and couldn't couldn't be doing couldn't be celebrated uh, in person. But yeah, uh, well, the opportunities. Uh, hopefully, it's not too much longer that we all are able to get together in person and have fun. And, right. Uh, well, do all the things that we do with all the all respect. Together. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> well, we, we can keep our fingers crossed and, and hope. That's, that's what that's what keeps us going. So anyway, the reason, the main reason. We're here, of course, is to talk about the, the uh, latest game from Jersey Jack Pinball and, and the whole process of, of launching it and, well, developing it and launching it um, in, a, in a very different way this time. And uh, you must be, well, I don't put words in your mouth, you must be pleased with the, with the reception that the game got and, and the way that the launch went. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to say the least... Um, f f you know, the funny thing with our games, for me personally, is that I'm probably the person working on them the longest before they become reality, because it's it's the idea, the license, the negotiation for different parts of the license, the time, the energy, the effort that takes, and then the team starts getting involved, and then they start hammering everything out and making everything be what it is and, and reveal it. So there's always this feeling um, for me of, of joy to see it finally become reality. But also, um, you know, I, I feel, wow, that was, a, you know, it was a long time, but it went by very fast. And mm. it was, uh, was really great. You know, we knew we wanted to do something different with uh the lack of, of shows and the lack of uh, being able to have a lot of people put their hands on the game. So, um, you know, we had a little different strategy this time. Well, and congratulations on that because um, uh, uh, on numerous occasions on this podcast, you stated that the next game that Jersey Jack would be launching uh, would be announced uh, with games ready and box to ship. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah, thank you. That was very important uh, to me and to a lot of other people in the company, um, to our distributors as well, and to our customers. And, um, you know, it's, it took a lot of effort, uh, like everything else, but it's, it's well worth it. You could see uh, uh, the reaction. Everybody, everybody was thrilled to see the game, play the game. Do you want to, do you want to take us back several years now to, to when the whole concept and the whole idea of doing a, a Guns N' Roses game uh, began. Huh. Wow. So, you know, Slash has been a customer slash friend uh, for about 15 or 16 years. Uh, mm. He was he, he bought games back in pinballsales.com days. And then around 2012, you know, I know he called Jen 
and he bought his first Wizard of Oz Emerald City limited edition game. And uh, when we were in L.A., I think it was in 13 of September, for the 75th anniversary celebration of Wizard of Oz, uh, Slash got wind of that, and he called me up, and he was talking about doing a game that had snakes on it. He had this idea to do a pinball machine with snakes. And I remember him saying, why don't you guys come over? I know you're in L.A. for a few days. And um, I said, well, I don't know. The kids want to go to Malibu. They want to go to the beach. And, you know, uh, I think maybe we can come over. You know, well, I'll get back to you kind of thing. And, uh, you know, when he, when he told me about the snake game, I said, who's going to buy this game? You know, after I give you... After I give you your free game, uh, who's going to buy the rest of them kind of thing? Uh, uh, and we, we didn't get together that day. We got busy. He got busy. But we did uh, always keep in touch. Um, holidays and things like that. We exchange uh, texts or phone calls, um, different events. And then as they got back on the road with the Not In This Lifetime tour, I finally... Um, got out to see a show and got to see what it was in uh, the Meadowlands and Giant Stadium uh, in, in New Jersey. And uh, I was just blown away. And I agreed with him. I was giving him a hard time slash, uh, you know, he wanted to do a game. I said, there already was a game. It was a pretty good game. We're going to have to make something really spectacular, um, which I knew we could do. Uh, so I, I was hooked, you know, after I saw the show, I went backstage and we talked about so many things about the game for a long time. And um, then I had another hurdle. <laughs> then I had another hurdle. <laughs> so the next hurdle was, what was the next hurdle, Jack? Well, <laughs> so the next hurdle was going to Eric and... Um, because he was next in line, um, Pat, Pat was working on something, and mm -hmm. I went to Eric, and I said, um, you know, I'm thinking about doing Guns N' Roses, and Eric said to me, um, you know, I, I did Pirates, and that was a remake, and Guns N' Roses <laughs> is a remake, am I going <laughs> to become the designer that does remake games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's a good point, but, you know, I, I, I said to Eric the truth how I felt. Um, if, if you got a theme the first time and you made what you made, um, okay, it's, it's good or it's not so good. If you got another theme that had to compete with, um, if you got another theme that had to compete with something else, you really were challenged to make something great. And I knew Eric could make something great with the team. And they did. So uh, I will tell you, Eric is working on another game, and it's not a remake. So I'll give you that. Did, original, did, you, did, you, did he get to pick title. it? Did he get to pick it? Yeah, his own title. He got to say, I like to do that. Okay. He got to choose it. Okay. He got to say, I like to do that. Oh. So, uh, you know, it's been said often, we've talked about it. You know, uh, the thing is that you need to have 
people that work on things need to have a passion and a love for it. You can't just shove, you know, the, the, the square peg in the round hole kind of thing. You have to have people that love what they're doing. And they come out a lot better, especially with our games. You could see it right away. Right. And uh, how was it about getting Slash involved in the creation of the game, um, working with Eric? That's that something which is you know, pretty unusual, I think, to have uh, the, the talent actually that closely involved in, in not just the creation, but the ideas and the, and the assets and, well, basically every aspect of, of the game, signing off the art and um, coming up with ideas, because we've we just been uh, talking to JP about, uh, about how that whole process went and Sasha's involvement with that and, and the band as well. Um, right. It's a. It's got to be a very different process, with the kind of involvement that you haven't had in. in, in, in when you have a license, particularly if it's an older movie like the Wizard of Oz, where getting involvement from any of the cast members is pretty much out of the question, and um, or a game like The Hobbit, where you know, they're all uh, multi-million Hollywood stars who you know, don't have much interest in in a pinball machine unless you you pay them more millions. So yeah. having having such close involvement must be you know a, a dream really. It was a dream. That that's the right word. It was a dream, and it was a lot of fun uh, for me, uh, Eric, the team. I think that in the very beginning, when I told Slash that he was going to be involved, um, you know, I, I I didn't tell him. I asked him. I said, "Well, I'm I'm sure you want to be involved with this." And he said, "Oh yeah, absolutely." You know, but that. That wasn't his exact words. There were a few expletives in there. Uh, <laughs> as far as I recall, with his enthusiasm and his excitement about being involved, I, I tell you what, in the beginning, as it rolled along, I don't know that he realized that he would be involved as, as he became, mm. uh, quite to his happy surprise. Um I think with other projects and other things, people just come to you and they say, how do you like this? I like it. I don't like it. Change this or change that. He was involved with really everything. And um, anytime there was a a little bit of a fence or a wall or a pothole um, that popped up along the roadway, um, he was there to, to make it smooth and to fill it in and and help uh, with everything. So really, it's, it was a true collaboration. He's truly the co-designer of the game. Um, you know, he came up with ideas for so many things. And um, he's really proud of it. The whole band is proud of it. Everybody was involved, which is very unusual. Um, and I know... When they get back on the road, these games, uh, they'll be out on tour with them, too. And mm-hmm. the game will be uh, seen by millions of people who might not have ever seen a pinball machine. Certainly Guns N' Roses fans, but other fans. So I, I think he had a blast. And um, it was it was something where I said, uh, it's going to happen again. Maybe not in this lifetime, uh, the way... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were able to gather all the assets. I wanted the animation from the show. I wanted all the concert footage. I wanted all the songs. Um, 
it took me uh, it took me about a year uh, to line up all the songs um, with all the same timelines and and terms and usages of the whole song and things like that. So uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for me. I think it was a lot of fun for everybody that worked on it. And how has uh, Slash's involvement in both the game design and also the promotion and marketing of the game, how's that helped the game get to a, a wider audience to, to be picked up by the, you know, the mainstream rock press and uh, the, get the kind of people noticing the game who wouldn't notice it otherwise if it was just being you know, promoted in the, in the coin-op and, uh, and hobbyist markets? Well, I could see, you know, when he when he tweets something or when when it's shared on social media, when he's involved, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people uh, that that see these things, um, and and it's just it's just amazing to have a title where uh, the the people are alive, and not only are they willing, you don't have to twist their arm. They love it, um, and they want to be part of it, and they want to promote it. And it, it could—it's hard to say this, but it could only be better once we go live with everything, and and there's real shows and things like that, and games could be at, at different venues, traveling around the world, and um, it's only going to be better. And that's—it's hard to believe based on uh, the response that we have right now to the game. Would you say it's your your best-selling game yet, or is that uh, is that not something you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I think it could be. You know, one of the things that I said to you guys in one of the most recent podcasts I was on, I said something like, "Our best products are ahead of us," mm. and this one, here you go. So, uh, certainly, um, all of our games are unique. They're different. They incorporate a lot of uh, different design elements, mechanical, electronic, technology. First game that you can really uh, update your software. Uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, interconnectivity very, very easily. Um, so many things that the team have been working on for years um, were, were put into this game and will be put into future games. I assume Jonathan's still there. Are you, are you yeah, there, Jonathan? no, Jonathan's still here. All right, I don't want to, don't want to hog um, the, the microphone too much. Uh, have you got any questions you wanted to ask, Jack? Um, well, I'm kind of curious. Obviously, this is a, a, a process that you've been in, uh, or a project where you've been involved in for uh, quite a few years. Um and then at some point, uh, uh, you get to see the finished product. And I was, I'm just curious, what was your first impression? If there is a first impression, because you're, maybe you've seen all sorts of versions in between, all sorts, uh, 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 you know, uh, in, in development. But is there something, is there still something like a first impression? And um, There is, there is, because... Um, uh, I get I get to see different elements uh, during the creation approval process. Uh, I have something you know opinion once in a while. I may give it, uh, especially if asked by different people uh, about what we're doing. 
but to see it all come together, to play it, um, to see them become live, to see the best part for me, honestly, is not just my reaction, but the reaction of others. I mean, if you could liken it to a chef um, going out and buying all the ingredients during the day and then coming back to the kitchen and creating his best dish and then serving it to his uh, willing, eager, uh, hungry audience and saying, how do you like it? Or just looking at their faces. So the real joy for me happens by um, really seeing other people. And, and that was the truth even years ago when I did the Shuffle Alley game back in 2002. And I was able to go to a bar and just watch people play it and have fun with it, look at each other and all that. is a real sense of satisfaction, I think, um, coming from that. And then uh, certainly the demand, the sales, the, uh, the, um, all the uh, great things that go with it, it's just... It just blows me away. It really does. It just blows me away at what we're able, what we're able to create. You know, it's part of the dream of why I started the company was to create a game like Guns and Roses. Well, I'm I'm curious as um, this is this is the first game that's been developed in Chicago, I guess, uh, in or being built there in its entirety. How how is that different this time around? What I'm what I'm sort of thinking of is, what what's your how has your involvement in in the development changed if the game's not actually being built where you are? Well, when the games were built in in Lakewood, um, pretty much I knew what was coming in. I knew what the playfield looked like. I knew what the graphics looked like. I knew what everything looked like. I just might not have been there on the first day when all the pieces were put together in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And the only reason is the pandemic. It's nothing to do with um, being separated from everything. I'm completely involved with everything going on. And uh, I'm included and uh, <laughs> part of it. But, you know, I, I didn't hop a plane to go to Chicago uh several times but guess what uh through facebook and zoom and skype and facetime and so many other ways to communicate with everybody working on it um you know it's like you talk to jp jp's in holland so he's definitely not uh there when everything happens he has a different role certainly uh his creativity and his genius comes through in this game as it does in every game. But um, I was more concerned about how the team would work together, uh, not being selfish that, okay, maybe I don't get to see it on this first day, let's call it, or the first time that the first XYZ part comes in and it's connected. This is connected to that. I don't, you know, I didn't feel any uh, anxiety separation or anything like that. I, okay. Okay. I was more happy that the team uh, was connected because they need to be more connected than I need to be. So it was, it was all good. You know, I was happy about it. 
and the uh, result and the result certainly is the game. You know, if the, if the game, you know if all that work and all that time, all that effort and energy and money came together, and the game wasn't fun to play, um, that 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 would be really terrible. That would be terrible. Are there any sort of lessons learned from from the development of that game and and the launch and the marketing of it, which which uh, you'll be carrying forward through to you no know, future titles. I'm sure uh, there must yes, be. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, um, so many different things that we did uh, that worked well. Uh, they that were different, um, and we'll continue to learn as uh, as we all should uh, do more of what works and less of what doesn't work. And it's kind of that simple. Right. So, um, when it comes to the, uh, the the promotion of this game, obviously, uh, with this being a rock band theme and Slash uh, being available uh, actually to to talk to the media and promote the game, um, is that is that reflecting in? Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't immediately say sales, but is there uh, feedback coming in on on? Uh, the effect of that is having on on the launch of this game. Yeah, I mean, certainly people that were Guns N' Roses fans and didn't know about pinball uh, know about the game and they've ordered the game. Um, many people from around the world that want to have a game made have reached out to me. Uh, hey, why don't you license this? Why don't you license that? Why don't you license the other thing? You know, I, I get that a lot, mm-hmm. but I got it a lot more now. Um, and uh, some of it's interesting and some of it's not. And uh, I get to sort all that out. But I think having somebody who loves pinball uh, that's very high profile and that his his silhouette alone is iconic uh, one of the greatest guitar players ever um, and 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 genuinely a really really nice guy a really uh, good person uh, besides um, it's really cool it's really cool that he's um, that he's associated with us and and that he really um, was such a big part of this game with us, as well as the, the rest of the band. And I can't wait till things get back to normal and they go back out on the road and we see our games uh, out there with them. And uh, that's good. That's going to be a lot of fun too. Can't wait. Right now, um, you earlier mentioned the uh, uh, the pandemic, and that being the reason that you not had been to uh, the Chicago facility, the new Jersey Jack facility. Um, in the meantime, you have been there uh, when the game uh, was launched. Uh, right. What was your impression of the factory? I love it. I think it's great. I think it's a great building. Uh, it's a great location. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's kind of funny having uh, set up a factory from nothing before uh, with nothing. I think this time around um, it was easier for the people there because um, they've been doing it a long time and 
there was already something to work from, certainly. So uh, I think it was very exciting for everybody to see that come together where our design team before uh, they were at a little bit of a disadvantage because the factory was far away and they're, they're the ones that had to do the FaceTime or Skype calls or get on a plane and go somewhere. You know, now if they want to see what's going on, they walk a few feet, they go to the assembly line, they talk to the people that are putting the game together, the people that are putting the game in the box, the people that are doing the quality control, things like that. It's all within their reach. So um, it, it made it easier for them, and that's a good thing. Right. So... Um it makes it more difficult for you, I suppose, now, uh, because you're still in uh, in New Jersey, and of course you can hop on a plane, I get that, but it's not like um, you want to hop on a plane three times a week, I suppose. Well, I think when things get back to normal, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be in at the factory a lot more than I am now. But again, it's, you know, somebody wants something or, or has a question, whatever, it's it's not that anybody has to bang a drum or do smoke signals or anything like that. There are so many great ways to communicate. I, I also would say this, um, the pandemic has changed so many things that we could think about. How many people don't travel to their offices anymore? How many people are working from home or remotely? How many people are able to do all those things? So for me, there were days where yeah, I went to the factory. That's where my office was. But there were days that I, some days I was so busy, all I heard was banging and clopping and hammering and 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 different things in the, in the back of the building in the factory. And I didn't even get back there to say hello to anybody because I was just busy. So um, I miss certain aspects of it, um, certainly. But... I like I like change. I like to start things and have them be uh, better, learn from them, uh, grow from them. Hopefully, it, it brings us games quicker. Uh, the team works better together, and I'm only one person. So if I'm not in the loop, it's easy to grab me in the loop. Where maybe if it was. 25 or 30 people not in the loop it's a little harder to grab all of them so uh, I think it'll work out really well I I don't have any feeling that um, it's not working or I'm not happy with it I'm, ver I'm very happy with it in a, in a selfish way I, I really have to say I don't mind I don't mind being home um, you know I haven't traveled my 160,000 miles this year I'm a little um, not many people have <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bummed out about that. I miss seeing you guys and all all the other friends along all around the world at all the shows that we have so much fun doing. And hopefully uh, when this is over, we're able to do that again. And it comes back and we build it back and uh, we do all those things. But uh, it, this year has taught all of us a lot of different things. Good, good things, hopefully, and uh, some not so good things that we can put behind us. But... Everything is a lesson. Every day is a lesson. Be positive. You know that's just that's just how you got to be. And with the limitations of, of not being able to meet people physically so much, are you still doing basically what you've always been doing at the company as far as you know chasing down 
licenses, looking after people, making sure um, people get what they want and sourcing everything. Yeah, that sounds like my day today, Martin. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's my day. It's, um, you know, I'm, I'm a few games ahead of everybody else. I'm, I'm working on things that are going to happen uh, two years from now and three years from now and four years from now. I'm like the guy on the pony uh, going out to scout things uh, to, to see where the course is, where we're going, and uh, come back and report back and, and then get the rest of the group all together. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it, you know, how I feel about certain things, I love the excitement of setting things up. I love the excitement of creating new things. The entrepreneurial part of me loves to do all of that. The day-to-day things always, you know, in every business I've had, the day-to-day, for me, after a while, it just gets a little boring. I I like the challenge. Um, I like not having things be easy all the time. I mean, I guess if I think back and I say, well, I wanted things easy, you know, I've had things easy in my career many times, and then all of a sudden I've gone and complicated them somehow, and... Uh, you know, in this case, I started a pinball company, which was probably not an easy thing to do. Um, but it's been very satisfying. And we have thousands of loyal customers all over the world, uh, loyal players that love our games, uh, vendors that we love, um, all of our, you know, employees and, and contractors, all the people that we um, have created livelihoods for as a, as a team, uh, all the people that make mods for games and all the shows and everything. So it's really nice to play a small part in that and get pinball revived again and get pinball discovered by new generations and then rediscovered by the older generation. So it's been really good. Um, this year, uh, you would think I'd be able to get people on the phone or on Zoom or whatever because you say, well, these licensed people, they almost be home. Where are they? You know, but guess what? Some people got furloughed. Some people got laid off. Some people changed jobs. Some people are actually on vacation. So <laughs> what you might think might take you a week or two weeks or a month or two months or three months to put together. It's <laughs> it's this still some challenges with doing some of that kind of stuff and um i'm up for that challenge i love it well if someone who likes starting new ventures you're, you're not in any way tempted to to start a, a, a new business or, or would no, you say that or, or would, i was no, gonna say no, would you no, say no, that each a, each new title is is a like it's starting up a new business it is it is and joanne's got a big baseball bat so in case i decide <laughs> to do something like that i think she's gonna clock me with me a few times uh uh, and, and Jen might do that, and my son might do that, and <laughs> some of my friends might do that. I don't have, uh, no, but you know, the challenge for me is uh, the different, putting the different things together and putting, connecting all the dots and all the puzzle pieces and working on all of that kind of stuff and getting people excited. And still, you know, I talk to a lot of customers a day. I talk to a lot of our distributors uh, daily, uh, all around the world. Uh, I've had a whole network of friends that uh, are, um, 
like codependent on the company and and their uh, their efforts are to uh, sell and see more Jersey Jack pinball games be developed. So it's a it's a great place to be right now. It's you know we're coming up on ten years. January first uh, will be will be the tenth anniversary yeah. of the company. It's kind of kind of amazing. It sounds like you're still loving what you do. I love it. I love it. And and um, it doesn't seem like I'm doing it that long, really. Um, you know, I, I have a good way of kind of like forgetting a lot of the not so good things and a good way of remembering the good things and being fortunate, being grateful, being thankful, being humble. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful to Leonard and Brett and the family when they came into the company in 2015, um, you know, it was a great opportunity for everybody. It's it's been a lot of fun. The collaboration's been great. The cooperation's been great. Um, it's it's just it's just been just been a dream come true. You know, sometimes um, you have an idea for something, and uh, things take life of its of its own in a way, and. When I see people sending me emails and pictures that they have every one of our games or operators that are still putting our games on locations that are still open and people doing all this kind of stuff, it's it's just it's very, very cool and it's very humbling, like I said. It's just really great. I love it. Well, thank you, Jack Guarnieri, for this uh, very kind and um, um, informative contribution uh, on the on the making of Guns N' Roses and his current role in the company, and uh, yeah. well, you just heard it. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, to talk to us. A guy who's who's clearly still loving do, doing what he's doing. Yeah. So, and uh, I'm just curious to see what he's coming, uh, what he will be coming up with in in <laughs> two, three, four years. Yeah, all these titles he's been working on. Mm. Yeah, and I'm and, sure we'll. Uh, We'll see, and uh, there'll be various rumours, of course, and, and maybe leaks, but we won't know for sure, because well, uh, you know, there have been games rumoured to be coming out um, which haven't come out yet from uh, Jersey Jack Pimble. Well, the interesting thing is that um, I think we caught uh, Jean-Paul de Win revealing <laughs> My Little Pony as a <laughs> oh, future no. title, what and I, I, did see, I did hear Jack make a pony reference as well. So there well, must there be some go. truth to it. Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> and probably last. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, hey. so that's, um, uh, we, we do have some more JJP news, though, because um, as well as, as uh, releasing the new Guns N' Roses title, they've also been delving into their boxes of, uh, of spares and uh, their stockpile. And uh, come up with a couple more um, factory find sales, uh, which involve some plastic sets for uh, some of their games. Um, I think their factory finds for for uh, dialed in, and the Hobbit, where you can get uh, full playfield plastic sets for forty nine dollars ninety nine. What now? Normally, yeah, and normally those um, all the factory find things which they had in the past, like playfields, sold out instantly. But um, I guess not many people want to put dialed in or Hobbit plastics on their wall. So those sets, at the time of writing this, uh, which was uh, earlier, 
Um, they were well, writing it, researching it, I should say. They uh, they still had these plastic sets for sale. So if you have either dialed in or a Hobbit or uh, or like the idea of, of owning the plastics for them, you can go over to the Jersey Jack Pinball website and and order them. Um, well, they're still available. So uh, only forty nine ninety nine. Not bad for a, for a full set of plastics when you see how much uh, these go for at pinball shows. If you if you have a, a good memory, you can remember what pinball shows were like. Right. Yeah. I have to dig very deep, but yeah, I do. <laughs> so. Um... And and besides that, um, well, we mentioned Guns and Roses. Um, we always do sort of code updates, and. Um, yeah, Guns N' Roses has had a code update this month as well as being launched. It's had, a, actually had several launches, um, several, I should say, uh, updates. It released with version 1.0 on the 11th of September, but of course the game wasn't actually launched at that point. So, uh, and it's had uh, seven updates since then. Uh, none of them major. And as we heard from, from uh, John Paul, you know, the game is pretty much, well, it is done, he said. You know, everything that's going to be in it is pretty much in there. So these are just... Um, Bug fixes the, and so yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, bug fixes, but also uh, one of the things that comes along a, b- a bit later on all the games is the uh, is the game manual, which they have built into the, uh, the the software of the game, so you can refer to the manual on the on the screen. So that's um, that's been added in the latest update, one point zero seven. So the first draft of the game manual is in there, um, and as you said, a few a few bug fixes which are inevitable um, with uh, any software. Um, but other than that, I think uh, I think what you're seeing now with the Guns N' Roses game is pretty much how it's going to be in the long term. I don't think we're expecting any any major additions or changes to the gameplay. Yeah, I'm still curious to see whether, um, well, that's just a personal preference, but uh, since the game is so multiple heavy, I'm very curious whether there will be a software update to possibly t- uh, tame that down or at least a, um, a sort of a harder setting uh, where it will be more mm. difficult to to get into multi ball and extend your multi ball all the time, and uh, that, may, that may be in there already if you uh, change the, the standard settings to to uh, harder or extra hard. Maybe, right. maybe those multi balls don't come so easily. I have not been Which able was, to uh, to check that yet, so you no, might be right. No, not not me, but ho- hopefully soon. I should also mention that if you are into GNR, then you can uh, pick up some. Uh, Pinball-themed merchandise, and pinball-themed Guns N' Roses merchandise, that is, uh, fairly soon on the uh, on the Jersey Jack store on the uh, Jersey Jack Pinball website. So head over to jerseyjackpinball.com and uh, check out to, to see whether they've added it to their to their store yet. But it's coming. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, well, we had a third headline. I think we should do that right away. Um, yeah. Breaking news. Breaking news, indeed. Um, yeah, I feel we should have a big banner across the bottom of the screen saying "Breaking news." Yeah, but uh, but the banner broke, broke, so yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah. Okay, well, just take it from us. It's breaking news, it's, and it's big. Well, well, considering the rest of the, the uh, what's been going on uh, the rest of the month, uh, this is sort of uh, uh, exciting news. Although. Um, in, uh, if, if there would be four new games, it would not have made the headlines, uh, to be honest. But, um, yes, Dutch Pinball, the uh, um, uh, who have been building uh, the Big Lebowski on their um, premises in uh, the city of Roermond uh, in the Netherlands, 
Um, and I visited them um, a couple of months ago. And there was already talk of um, moving to a new location. And actually, uh, tonight, um, it was confirmed to me by Barry Driesen of uh, Dutch Pinball, the, uh, the owner of the company, that they indeed have uh, the key to the new facility. Hooray. And uh, that means that this week they will be um, uh, taking care of all sorts of stuff that needs to be taken care of, like insurances and uh, cleaning and um, uh, uh, layout of the factory and all that kind of stuff, uh, what they, what the, what they want to do. Um, if everything goes as planned, they will be moving uh, to the new facility next week. And... Um, uh, it's a larger facility, is it? Yes, uh, so I asked for more details. Um, the new facility is uh, two kilometers, approximately a mile from uh, their uh, current location. It is a uh, 1,100 square meter um, building with a um, big hall and office space. Um, it's a standalone building, so it's not attached to any any other buildings. Mm-hmm. And um, and this could be very interesting news. Um, uh, Kuhn, the uh, software uh, programmer for the Big Lebowski, will mm-hmm. be uh, uh, becoming a full time uh, member of uh, Dutch Pinball. Uh, the 1st of December. Oh, congratulations to, to him and to, to Barry and uh, everyone there. Yeah. And it's good, uh, to, good to have a full-time... Well, presumably he's doing coding for um, finishing off the Big Lebowski and, and working on future titles. Yes, and that means... Um, um, well, some people have been complaining that the uh, software for the Big Lebowski wasn't finished uh, yet. Uh, but obviously Kuhn is, um, uh, I think my guess is he's already working on it because he's already working on a part-time basis for Dutch Pinball, so he must be working on something. Mm. So, uh, so well, actually, that's two breaking news from Dutch Pinball. So, new facility, and they'll be moving next week. Um, the expected downtime is also about a week. So, they're currently still building games in the old facility, and once they move... They expect to be down for a week, and then they can uh, pick a production and uh, also get a bigger crew because they have more yeah. space and uh, build yeah, games more and more. Yes, right. exactly. So great news and Kuhn coming back. Yeah. So, um, well, especially if you're if you're either an owner of the game or waiting for your game to be delivered, that's going to bring that um, well more software coming, presumably, and also. Uh, a shorter wait if you're waiting for a game. Right. So good, good news all round. And yeah. uh, obviously, uh, um, Barry's confident that the company's in a, in a good position in to, to expand and uh, build more games and um, take on more people. Right. Okay. So moving along, um, well, Stern, Stern Pinball. Oh yeah, them. Yes. Uh, no, they've, they've been very busy actually. Um, we, we were expecting a new game to be announced. To be honest. Yes. Um, Almost straight after Pinball Expo, we, we, we thought um, a certain uh, rock music pin might be announced, but that that didn't happen. So and uh, one can uh, wonder whether really that's, well, one can wonder whether 
um, this uh, uh, announced, or, or well, the game that has, everybody was expecting a game to be announced, um, that didn't happen. Uh, one can wonder whether the game was postponed or whether there were no plans at all to reveal a game. But uh, since this game is rumored to be a rock band-themed uh, game, mm. uh, and I think it's no secret that everybody's rumoring it to be Led Zeppelin, yes. designed uh, most likely by Steve Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, since... Jersey Jack Pinball just dropped Guns N' Roses, which is uh, basically a jaw-dropping gorgeous game uh, with a light show that puts everybody else um, back to the drawing board, I say. Um, Yeah, it could be that the game, uh, that that basically Steve Ritchie got instructions like, maybe you should add a thing or two to your game because like this, we don't stand a chance. But that's pure speculation on my end, don't take my word for it. Um, we don't know the plans of Stern Pinball. And um, what's interesting to note is that uh, during Pinball Expo, um, Gary Stern did an interview uh, where he said that Stern Pinball has a backlog of 5,000 games. That should indicate that they don't need to announce a new game because they'll be busy building 5,000 games and that, my guess is that's going to take them at least a couple of months. Yeah, you'd think so. And uh, although it's not like them to, to miss out on the holiday season, but I suppose they, they do kind of have a, a title available, don't they? Or a, a relatively recent reveal. Right. Um, in, which the, in the form they of did. Yeah, Heavy Metal, which is the contract yeah. game that they did with the Heavy uh, Metal magazine, uh, Incendium. Um, mm, the publishers, Incendium. Yes. Um, which is available up until uh, the end of the year. So that, that's kind of a, a holiday season pinball. Right. Although the pricing of it and um, what you get for your money is tends to suggest it's more for a, a heavy metal fan, rather than a fan of the, uh, the, the magazine, rather than uh, the music per se. Right. Else they would be buying a Guns N' Roses game. Well, yes, but uh, but Stern need to have their their um, their flag in the in the ground and uh, and have an offer for home buyers and because uh, let's face it, with all these lockdowns that are going on around the around the world um, and your country and, and my country too, um, there's not an awful lot of location pinball out there. So uh, home sales seem to be booming. So selling a, a home model, uh, which might have once have struggled. In this market, might might be a very shrewd move, especially if you can get a premium price for it. Right. So um, anyway, Jack Danger did a review stream of gameplay uh, of the heavy metal. Uh, um, yeah, that's on his Dead Flip channel. On, yes. Uh, on YouTube, I guess you'll, you'll see that now, or um, maybe on Twitch as well. Yes. And. Um, um, but he also also was involved in the uh, in the Pinball Expo. Um, presentation that Stern Pinball did with a, a tour of the factory. Yes. Uh, which I, I have to admit, I haven't seen it yet because uh, there was plenty of other things to be watching as well and, and I need to catch up on that and having seen the factory a few times, you know, um, it's all about priorities. How, did you, do you get to catch it, uh, Jonathan? I saw uh, bits of it. 
Uh, okay. I haven't seen it yet. Um, and I, I been... hear very good things about it, though. I, I, it's a very, pro- a very professional and uh, yes. informative presentation. And uh, I think he also had an, uh, an interview with Gary Stern, uh, which is where that comment that I was referring to earlier mm-hmm. uh, was made. So that was... Uh, no, it was a very good um, um, uh, virtual factory tour, if you want to call it that. And... Um, uh, highly recommended to check out, especially if you've never seen uh, a pinball factory and, and how Stern mm-hmm. is operating. So, yep. um, uh, so uh, other Stern news: um, George Gomez has been very busy on uh, social media. I've noticed, um, and in particular, he's been talking about um, Deadpool, that that game that which he designed um, a couple of years ago, and. Um, uh, there's been some some new music from that game available to download for free. Hmm. If you go if you go to com slash deadpool dash album, you can download um, the soundtrack, the the pinball soundtrack, which is music from the game. Now that's um, that's got its um, own artwork as well, which you can download and print out if you want to make um, a cover for your uh, I think it's a CD. I think is it cassette? I, think, I can't remember if it's a cassette or a CD. I think it might be a CD cover, um, but that's by Zombie Yeti. So he's he's done some some lovely artwork, um, and if you download it and burn yourself a either a tape or a CD, depending on which one it was, um, assuming anybody has a tape deck that can record these days, um, go to Stone Pinball and, and download it. And it's very nice. And and um, George has also been showing some some interesting. Um, Design sketches he's done from from the past for for uh, some of his earlier games, right? Indicating uh, ideas that uh, that either made it or didn't make it into uh, into production, right? So uh, uh, have a look on the Stern Pinball Facebook page, and uh, I don't know if it's on Instagram, but certainly on on the Facebooks um, side of things, you can uh, get some some interesting um, an interesting look into the design process from from the mind of uh, George Gomez, the uh, the, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what, exactly what is uh, is um, head of game is, design. Head of game design doesn't doesn't sound grand enough. I'm sure there must be uh, vice uh, president of game design. Vice president, that like it. Yes, yes. George, you so, just got a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> right. So, um, sort of being busy uh, on the software. Uh, department, I would say. Uh, yeah. We got. You love code updates, don't you? Code updates for four different games. Yeah, Avengers. Actually, uh, five. Five. Eh? Yeah, oh, okay. actually five. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll let you do the fifth one then. Uh, uh, I'll do it. Wait. Yeah, sure. That's fine. So. <laughs> okay. Well, the Avengers Infinity Quest, which is the the current latest title, um, still. Um, although it hasn't been released that long, but it's on uh, version 0.92 now, which um, has some bug fixes and tweaks and added a lot more display, sound, lighting effects, shaker motor effects, and and topper effects as well for those who have uh, added the topper to their games. And uh, also helps to deal with problems with uh, balls that get into the subway, you know, when the uh, the spinner lifts up on the uh, premium minute and LE, and you can knock balls under the uh, under the play field. Well, sometimes you can get a couple of balls in there, and the game had got a bit confused in that situation because it wasn't expecting them. Uh, well, now the code deals with that in a much more graceful way, so that's good. 
Uh, Jurassic Park, that's moved up to 1.03, uh, which is, um, well, it's been a bit of a gap on updates on Jurassic Park, the last one taking place in July. Uh, but it's, uh, it adds in this, this new feature, which Stern have uh, added to all their games now, all, all the new games, which is called the DJ Mixer, which allows you to, in a track mode, play music from the game and sort of uh, do a random mix or pick a, 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 a playlist of different tracks. Uh, it also adds a few bug fixes and implements a new, another new thing which Stern are doing, which is uh, lighting for the start button, or light effects for the start button, when it's in a track mode and in free play, where you can choose whether you want it lit solidly, flashing or off. Not exactly the most exciting thing in the world, but they're, they're standardising that now across all their games, along with the, the G- DJ Mixer, and this 1.03 of Jurassic Park adds that. Right. Okay. Elvira's House of Horrors. Yeah, just in time for Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, missed that. Uh, yes. So that's uh, that's reached its 1.00 milestone, uh, uh, and it's a and it's a big update. And uh, no, nothing from Elvira is anything other than big, as I'm sure you uh, you appreciate. Uh, so there's too much of that to go into in in all detail. But as I say, it's got lots more display, sound, and lighting effects. Changes a few of the scoring. Um, score balance, I should say, on some of the things, uh, add some more setting adjustments, and it too adds the DJ mixer into the software so you can play music from the game in a track mode if that's what you like to do. Um, Stranger Things, uh, that had a couple of, of uh, updates. 0.991 is the current one at the time of uh, recording this, which is, uh, well, the 3rd of November. That's um, 0.901 is a, is a minor update to 0.990, which had a little bug in it uh, where some of the switches didn't register. So 0.990 uh, was also a big update, very, very close to version 1.0. Uh, lots of new rules uh, and features and adjustments to existing ones. Uh, it has an enhanced final showdown multi-ball and added the snowball dance feature if you complete that, that uh, final showdown multi-ball. It too added the DJ mixer to play the music tracks and fixed uh, quite a few bugs in, in the earlier version. Right. So definitely worth doing. Uh, all, all of those. Um, you want to get the DJ mixer into your game, uh, update Jurassic Park, um, Elvira's House of Horrors and Stranger Things. Uh, Avengers uh, always had it, I think. Yeah, and uh, well, the, uh, the fifth code update was actually uh, uh, announced today. Uh, that's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that's code version 1.23. Um, sorry? All breaking news. Yeah. Um, and I have really no clue what the updates uh, really <laughs> comprehend, so I'm going to say it fixes bugs, and it does a lot more if you own a Turtles game, then uh, update your game and find out yourself. Okay, excellent. Um, I think that's... Uh, oh, I hope it was mentioned that Gary Stone was also interviewed on uh, on uh, Chicago Radio. Yes. Wasn't he? Uh, WGN Radio. Yes. Um, and mention. Yeah, uh, it's worth noting for um, uh, non-American listeners that um, uh, the uh, I can provide a link in my newsletter to, uh, to the radio show where Gary Stone was a host, but... It is being blocked for uh, territories outside the U.S. Oh, geo-blocking. So if you want to listen to it, you have to get yourself a VPN. 
and go through uh, the US and listen to it that way. Right. So, um, American Pinball. Yeah, they've uh, they've been teasing a few things. They've um, well, first of all, they on, had on a media. part of Pinball okay. Expo was a virtual oh, tour. Good point. Uh, yeah, which uh, um, uh, was actually a very very nice video. Um, and they shared that on their social media as well, so you can uh, watch that on their Facebook page. Um, and uh, it's highly recommended um, because it's a uh, well, it's different than Stern, uh, although some elements are the same. But uh, go check it out. So it's a uh, this, this is a look at the the, the new factory. Yes, I haven't seen. Yes, uh, actually, we haven't I, been I, there I, yet. I thought they weren't going to show that, but. Uh, it's good that they were, or that they did. So, uh, if you look at that, you'll, uh, we haven't been there to the uh, completed factory, so well, at least not yet. So this would be a good chance to, to have a look at uh, how it turned out. I only went there when it was um, when they just bought the place, and uh, it was still full of event furniture and tables and chairs. And they, were, they were uh, they were trying to fix the floor and uh, turn it into a into a usable factory space, but. Uh, then, uh, then Aimtron came along and um, took some of the other space, and I think uh, progress progressed very quickly after that. Right. So, so yeah. So that's uh, t- talking of Aimtron. That uh, they have been teasing um, on social media about something new and exciting happening at Aimtron. Right. Uh, telling us to tune in this week to find out what it's all about. And I think Jonathan might have a, an inkling what it, what it is about. Well, um, yes, uh, there was some speculation going on from... <coughs> Sorry. Uh, I should probably mention that Aimtron are the, let's say, the parent company, become like this big sister company, shall we say, of American The mother company, I would say. Okay. Right, Right. and and American Pinball being a sister company, but Aimtron has more companies. Uh, I think they have like seven sister companies, something like that. Aimtron is a big holding, if you want to call it. Mm. Um, Yeah. I reached out to Michael Grant, who is uh, in charge of uh, sales and I think also uh, public relations for American Pinball. And uh, I was happy to talk to him, uh, but he informed me that the... um, the something new and exciting thing happening at Aimtron is not pinball related. Um, and earlier today, I received news from um, a certain Gary, who you might know, um, and he had received a press release in which uh, that had to do with a new logo for Aimtron. So. I'm not sure how exciting and uh, uh, that is, but if it's yeah. just a new logo for Aimtron, then I think That's we're not exactly something new and exciting, is it? At least not. not well, uh, it could be a very brand. exciting anyway. logo. I haven't seen it yet, but um, yeah. but the, the interesting thing was that it was it had a Aimtron and American Pinball logos yes. on the announcement. But uh, what I understood from Michael is that uh, the same announcement was made on uh, uh, all the social medias for the sister uh, for all sister companies, and apparently with the corresponding logos on it. So, hmm. uh, okay, well, a bit of a damp script there, but okay. Yeah, well, there was also uh, big news as American Pinball uh, 
uh, is hyping it themselves, although we should now be warned. Um, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm just going to read this uh, from their Facebook. American Pinball is extremely proud to announce the sponsorship of the Hot Wheels Legends Tour Virtual Car Show, in which custom car builders compete to have their car immortalized as a Hot Wheels car. And uh, the, uh, the Hot Wheels pinball machine will be promoted on two separate live stream Facebook events in round eight of the Legends Tour, which is on November 5th, and in the uh, grand finale on November 14th. And I think George Kugler is also making an appearance on the uh, November 5th uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, live stream uh, events or what have you. So, um, well, at least American Pinball is trying to uh, make people who are into Hot Wheels aware that there is a Hot Wheels pinball machine. Uh, so I can only applaud them for them. And um, yeah. uh, if you're trying to achieve that, then this is a uh, or this is a big achievement. So uh, congratulations, and hopefully it will. Uh, um, get more Hot Wheels collectors into playing the Hot Wheels pinball machine. Yeah, well, it's uh, reaching into a, into a different market, as we saw with uh, Guns N' Roses. Right. So that's uh, that's the way to grow both sales and, and expand the hobby. Right. Particularly at times when people you know, might have trouble going out on location and, and spotting the game there. Right. So if you can put up, get it inserted into their... Uh, into their um, social media feeds and, and videos and live streams um, and help promote it that way. Good luck to them. Right. So, and there was also a, a new uh, code update for Hot Wheels. Uh, I'll leave it to you to discuss what's in there. Uh, well, it's not much. Um, it's version, well, 20, 20, 10, 15, which is the date pretty much uh, in reverse order of, uh, of when, the, when the release of that code came out. So the 15th of October. That added the treasure hunt cars, which is a new feature into the rules. But uh, as I haven't actually played the old one, um, don't know how that uh, adds to the game, but it, uh, more features are always good. Uh, changed some of the scoring balance uh, of various features in the game and fixed a few bugs. So not a huge update, but uh, nice to get those, those treasure hunt cars added. So if you've got a Hot Wheels, get it updated if you haven't already. Right. Okay. So moving on to uh, Spooky Pinball. Yeah, they've been um, been busy, um, basically prom- um, doing stuff around Halloween, as you'd expect, with, with a name like that. They've um, released a couple of new code updates, uh, with the promise of, of more code coming as well. The the existing code updates, uh, well, Scott Denise's done an update for uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation. Yes. So his new TNA code 1.4.2 um, adds Scorbit compatibility. <coughs> Pardon me. If you uh, if you have a Scorbitron installed in, in your game and want to connect it to the internet so the scores are recorded, you can uh, you can use that. My scores are too <coughs> embarrassing to share, so I'm not going to bother. I'm getting all choked up about it. So uh, uh, anyway, I can say that um, the new code also allows you to put the scores on the LCD display, which um, previously they were on the uh, the LED displays, so you can get them on there as well. Um, some other feature requests, which I won't go into because they're a little bit niche, but um, allow various 
things to be toggled on and off according to and, and longer ball savers and things like that so uh, they're all in there and a couple of bug fixes because you know it's the bane of every every coder's life you know, bugs so right. i can squash those that's always good yeah i'll uh, add uh, a little uh, note to that um uh, if you have a, t- a total nuclear annihilation game and uh, you're um you want to download that code, you need to go to a uh, special page on this Katanisi design uh, website. Um, yes. It might not be very new, but I just noticed it. So, so um, to me, it was new. But there's actually now a, a sort of a troubleshooting area um, where there is a, a, a common... Um, uh, mechanical issues on uh, uh, total nuclear annihilation that happen, such as uh, the drop targets uh, uh, cycling uh, after power-up, um, uh, which has to do with optos uh, not getting enough power. Uh, there's a, a very small fix that you need to, to push or adjust a, a couple of the flat cables under the playfield. Um, I had that on my game, so I was very happy to to, to fix that, uh, a very simple fix, but there's a couple of that uh, on there as well. So if you have such issues on your game, then um, have, a t- uh, have, a, have a look there um, to make yeah. it play as it's supposed to be played. It sounds like if you've got the game at all, you should go and uh, check out that sort of FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, um, section of Scott Denise's website so if any of these crop up in the future you'll, you'll know that they were uh, that they've been covered and, and what the fix will be right and it's also worth noting that Scott Denise is uh, um, keeping a close eye on the total nuclear annihilation threat on uh, Pinside uh, where a lot of people report um, uh, bugs or um, other things that they run into problems and he's very helpful trying to uh, to get them uh, to get their game working as it should be working. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where um, most of those uh, feature requests that I mentioned earlier that have been added into the latest version came from. They seem like good ideas. Um, and uh, Scott agrees and has added them to the software. Right. So uh, that's very uh, very proactive and uh, customer-orientated. So thanks, thanks Scott. Um, elsewhere from Spooky Pinball, uh, Rob Zombie's Spook Show International. That's that's had a code update to go with Halloween, surprisingly. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, yeah, it's got it's got some more voice calls added to it, which is, uh, I was going to say, always nice to hear. And um, and a few bug fixes as well. N- not a huge update, but um, I think there's also maybe some, some extra lighting effects being added, like uh, flashes going off and extra walls and things like that. So that, that's version uh, 26 on uh, Rob Zombie's Spook Show. Right. And they they have promised that there's more code coming for other games uh, with, a, with a suggestion that Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle will be uh, the next one to receive some some code love. So if you've got that game, uh, keep an eye on the Spooky Pinball website and social media feed to see when, when the new code drops. Right. So And there's a little bit more to report on uh, Spooky Pinball. Uh, Charlie Emery was a... Uh guest host on the uh, super awesome pinball show uh, which is a uh, highly recommended podcast uh, that he would much better job than we do so do check that out it's not hard is it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so um, yeah, but uh, uh, so he addressed uh, one of the things he addressed was uh, the production of uh, total nuclear annihilation, and um, uh, turns out that they scaled up um, uh, production at the f- uh, factory after having being forced to uh, uh, shut down for a couple of months, mm-hmm. um, and it looks like. Um, Rick and Morty is going to be finished a little bit ahead of time um, instead of what they originally uh, expected um, early 2021 uh, and then uh, obviously there's going to be another uh, game coming out uh, we have no idea yet what but um, uh, yeah, I do wonder when that's going to be announced yeah, um, although they have been hinting about uh, on uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation 2.0, which is basically the same game as uh, the original one, but with a few tweaks to it, so to speak, minor changes. And um, yeah, and what's also interesting, um, we didn't cover it in the uh, the Jersey Jack Pinball uh, um, uh, section. Uh, some people have been noticing uh, clear code issues uh, on uh, recent Jersey Jack games. Um, interestingly, um, it appears that Spooky Pinball have found a solution. Uh, um, they had some issues with uh, uh, play fields and uh, chipping and pooling uh, earlier on. And uh, they found a solution, um, which makes you wonder uh, why other manufacturers either are not trying to find such a solution or haven't been in contact with Spooky Pinball to discuss, like, what is the solution to the problem? Well, I think we heard that uh, the Spooky had, a, had found a solution many months ago. Right. But... Um I haven't seen any problems with their playfields, so I guess they're, they're proof of the pudding. Because they have a solution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would seem to be the case that they do. But um, they're obviously, do, as you say, they're doing something different. But um, maybe, maybe there are, uh, there are other effects or side effects which uh, other companies don't want to do, or uh, it's 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 too uh, radical a change to the production process, and uh, that's not something that other companies are, are in a position to do. Yeah, but do check out the Super Awesome Pinball uh, uh, podcast with uh, special guest host um, Charlie Emery of Spooky Pinball. Yeah, sounds sounds very professional. We should uh, we should get a, a guest host in. Uh, maybe we can get. Um, oh, hang on, is that your phone ringing? Oh, now that you mention it, yeah, it is. No, oh, great well, time. We I would say. <laughs> Just in between subjects, so so it, it um, okay. For those tuning in for the first time, um, my phone is ringing because uh, Gary Flower is calling, and uh, Gary Flower has been calling in uh, basically since the beginning of our uh, podcast uh, series, uh, which is running for over two years. So uh, well, don't, don't don't hold him up for too long. He, he might uh, might ring off. Yeah. Okay. So um, pick up the phone. Okay. Hello, Gary. Hello, Oh, crap. What was that? I just dropped my phone in a glass of tea. Oh, oh my God. Is it all right? No, it's not. Oh, my God. I can hear hear it. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good, no. I'm afraid I'm trying... Oh, well, never mind. Uh, Well, uh, well... 
all the editing you do, I'm sure you can take that bit out, so uh, nobody knows uh, that that happened. I think but, I'll be uh, Googling for a new phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, huh? I guess we won't get him on just yet, but um, maybe you'll ring me instead now he knows he's, uh, he's landed in hot water again. Um, okay. So, moving on. Um, Multimorphic have, uh, have been busy with some, some new code for their, their latest heist release, which is a uh, Steven Silver uh, design game. Yes. And um, the, the new code for that adds the, um, the chatbot integration into the Twitch integration, which is already in the game, which allows um, basically people to comment and um, on screen on the game, which uh, previously Twitch allowed you to, uh, viewers of the of a stream, to interact with the game and, and uh, start certain features. By now you can chat as well, and you can see the, the chat messages on, on the screen, which is uh, very impressive. It's, uh, it's almost um, doing away with the need for a, a standalone machine, a standalone computer. You can just use your, your P3 to do everything, which is kind of the idea, I guess. Uh, cool. And they've also added the uh, the Bluetooth support, or, um, I'd say Stephen had, to, uh, to it, which Multimorphic announced earlier for the Cosmic Kart Racing game. That's now added into Heist. Okay. So if you have Bluetooth headphones or want to listen to the game on, on headphones, then, uh, yeah, you can do that now. Cool. So that's uh, Multimorphic code right. that I've got, or Multimorphic code updates, I should say, that I've got. Okay. So, moving on to uh, Chicago Gaming, um, not much news there for a couple of months already, but mm. um, we do know that they hired Christopher Frenchy um, uh, as an artist for, um, uh, well, he, he did some elements of the uh, uh, Medieval Madness Topper, I think he did the background yeah. for that. And uh, he's supposed to be working uh, on artwork for a uh, an upcoming game. And speaking of upcoming games, it might not take too long before Chicago Gaming is announcing their next title. Oh, about time! They've been uh, been producing Medieval Madness remakes, uh, the the royal version, and. Um Attack from Mars and Monster Bashes uh, for for a while now. So yeah, we're we're, we're certainly due a, right. a, a new title, right. be it uh, homegrown or a remake. Right. So um, uh, two titles have been uh, circulating in the uh, rumor circuit, if you were, if you want to mm -hmm. call it that. Uh, that being uh, Cactus Canyon remake and Theater of Magic remake. Um, obviously, Christopher Frenchy has uh, uh, inside info, and on his um, uh, super awesome pinball podcast uh, show, um, uh, he couldn't say obviously he couldn't say much, but he did say that it will not be Theater of Magic remake. I have to admit, I didn't think for a moment it would be. So, not too surprised there. Um, no. Cactus Canyon would make perfect sense as the next remake, and of course there is, there is, there are, they're working on their own title as well. Right. So, which one will, will be the next one to be announced? We don't know, and hopefully coming this year. Right, and they're nice. well, and they're also working on, uh, with Spooky on that um, Ben Heck game, which is going to be oh, yes. manufactured by um, um, Chicago Gaming. So. Uh, enough 
projects in the pipeline at uh, Chicago Gaming, and we just have to wait and see when they are ready to announce uh, their next title. Yes, and uh, like like JJP, I, I suspect when they do announce it, they'll probably have some units available to buy fairly soon. Right. Or, or at launch time. Right. So, um, um, moving on to um, Haggis Pinball, of which we haven't heard uh, much for I a couple of months. No, well, quite a few months, actually. Almost half a year. They've been very quiet, and... Um, Damien was able to uh, sort of break cover and reveal during the pinball expo, virtual pinball expo, that um, development on the on the Celts game is complete, and they are actually in manufacturing and, and taking orders right now, which okay. is uh, a bit of a surprise because the last time we saw the game, there was still quite a quite a few things to be done. But I guess in the in the intervening months, when they haven't been um, doing their their vlogs. Or he hasn't been doing a vlog about uh, all the all the changes and the developments that's been going on in the game. He actually got to the stage where he can start building them, which is excellent news. So uh, if you want to order a uh, a Celt game, then you can uh, head on over to HaggisPinball.com and uh, and check it out and see, see exactly what it is you're buying. Right, we have and videos there as well. Right, and if you're um, uh, interested in uh, gameplay of um, Celts. Um, and who isn't? Melbourne Silverball did a stream of uh, uh, gameplay of Celts, um, uh, which is on their uh, channel. Uh, so there you can take a look what the game plays like, and um, uh, maybe that will help you in your decision whether you want to order one. Yeah, it's a limited run. I think uh, I think it's two hundred machines, if I'm, uh, if I'm I'm recording correctly from the announcement. But uh, so. I think I asked. Um, I think I asked people, other people in the pinball business, what they thought about um, about Haggis Pinball entering the market now, and they, they they wished them all the best, but didn't think with with such a small run they'd necessarily uh, have much of an impact on the global market for games, and also that it's uh, that was obviously not a license, and it's an uh, interesting choice for for a title. Well, I think was uh, the way it was put to me, uh-huh. but. Um, yeah, I think uh, good luck to them. The first title, I think uh, they they deserve all our support, and uh, it looks like a a very well put together and well researched and developed game, and uh, and uh, hopefully none of those playfield issues that we were talking about earlier, given all the uh, the, the videos we've seen of uh, of hammers being applied to playfields. Right. Okay. So then there's uh, well, there's a couple of other companies that uh, we're just going to briefly mention. Uh, because there's no news to report. <laughs> <laughs> Very briefly. Right. So, uh, Homepin, no news. Circus Maximus, also no news to report for now. Uh, but there is some other news. Martin, take it away. Yeah, well, um, as we met, as we uh, well, interviews um, recently with um, Rob Burke and David Fix uh, about the, vir- the upcoming, as it was then, Virtual Pinball Expo, which took place in the middle of... Uh, well, the 14th to the 17th of October, in fact, um, four days of, uh, of various events that were online and hosted through the pinballexpo.com website. And uh, Jonathan and I are both privileged to take part in a couple of things. We heard earlier from, from Jack about uh, his induction into the Pinball Expo Hall of Fame from, from Gary, 
which was uh, very, very well deserved and uh, and welcome to hear. But uh, Jonathan was, uh, he, he's too uh, modest to mention it himself, but Jonathan did a, a very nice a Dutch treat video showing all, uh, well, not all, but uh, some of the many ways in which pinball is being promoted and grown in, in the Netherlands. Uh, he was there with, uh, uh, in, a, in a show introduced by Nate Shivers, who, of course, you know, lives in Amsterdam. And um, they were all down at the uh, the Rotterdam Pimple Museum, or the Dutch Pimple Museum, weren't, yes. weren't you? Yes, at their uh, uh, new location, which is a temporary mm. location. Uh, but it's a, it's a very old um, harbour uh, warehouse, I would say, but uh, very nice, very nice... Um, atmosphere inside or vibe if you want to call it and um uh yeah we're a very uh professional production video production i would say by uh jasper van eden and um and a body of his and um yeah uh, it had the title dutch street uh pinball stories from the lowlands and um it focused on on uh various people that you might have seen at pinball shows internationally um, or, or at least uh, some of their work you might have seen uh, there. I mean, uh, Dennis van der Pas is the creator of the uh, Kill Bill pinball machine, which is a re-themed World Cup soccer. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've seen that game in Vancouver and at other shows as well. And uh, there's only five of those around. Uh, so we talked about that. And... Um, uh, Gerard did a, did a small talk on his museum. Uh, Bert-Jan Posma did a small talk on the Ministry of Pinball. The uh, chairman of the Dutch Pinball Association uh, did a small talk as well. Uh, and the idea was basically to to do a presentation of like, uh, I think it, in the end it was like 47 minutes and give like, uh, I think about 10 different people a platform to to showcase uh, what they have been contributing to the uh, pinball community. Oh, pinball. Yeah, it's a very very good example of uh, of how uh, people in uh, in other countries outside the US are really pushing uh, pinball into the mainstream. And yeah, they're doing it in a very successful way. Right, and, and of course, it was yourself, of course. Yeah. So, well, thank you. Uh, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to stab uh, on on or or. Be be, how do you call it? Uh, be a dick about it. But um, <laughs> if you oh go on, <laughs> um, if you look at some of the other uh, presentations during Pinball Expo, um, I'm very happy to see that um, uh, Jasper van Eden uh, really uh, put some effort into turning it into mm. a, a, a a decent video production. Instead of just a, um, uh, a a phone recording or something similar, yeah, a series of clips. Yes, very uh, well produced, uh, right down to the uh, the the introduction. Well, from the, from the introduction onwards, I should say, really, um, all done in the uh, sort of the reservoir dog style, which uh, which looked, looked very nice. Yes. So, uh, so congratulations to everyone involved in that, and yep. of course. Um, that that uh, video is yeah. also available on uh, on YouTube now. So if you're curious and you want to watch it, uh, it's highly recommended. So uh, just look for the uh, Dutch Pinball Museum 
video channel and you'll find it on there. And it's also available on the uh, the, the, the Virtual Pinball Expo stream that's, that's available through the Pinball Expo site. But uh, I think it will be on YouTube very soon, if it's not already. But uh, you, you can also, through the, the uh, Pinball Expo website, see complete full-day streams from all four days right. of, uh, of the event. Which, uh, But you, you, know, you need to skip through it to find the bit that you're interested in at the moment. But uh, that will change. Everything will be made available very, very shortly, including the, uh, the Pinball Insider panel that uh, Jonathan and myself were, were privileged to take part in yeah. uh, to talk about uh, the state of pinball in, in various other countries uh, around the world. And uh, the time on that just flew by. It was an, given an hour long, I think, an hour, hour long slot, I think it was. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we hardly got to cover any of the things we really wanted to talk about. But, yeah. um, but uh, it was, I think it was interesting anyway. And uh, I hope those who are watching did as well, although there was uh, quite a lot more to cover. Right. So we may we may return to that format um, before too long and uh, well the interesting thing it. is and I'll explain this to uh, to our uh, listeners um, before and after the, uh, the the seminar basically everybody who who called joined in on that Zoom meeting was uh, placed in a, uh, a, a a break room I suppose it's called and yeah, um, lobby yeah it's a lobby or whatever. Uh, where we could still talk to each other, and it turns out, um, while the seminar was uh, probably less than an hour, I think we ended up talking to each other for three hours in total, which was <laughs> yeah. very, very interesting. And basically, the idea was born there to um, to see if we can turn that into a monthly um, uh, type of uh, possibly a video podcast or something like that. So. Um, we haven't discussed it further with uh, the people involved, but it was a uh, was a uh, it's an interesting idea. So there might be a follow up on that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was certainly very worthwhile. I think to get different countries' perspectives on on how pinball is uh, the state of the business and the state of the hobby, uh, which is not you know it's not the same in every country, and different countries have different takes on things, and it's, uh, you know, it's very useful to hear that. I think. Um, even for people who, um, like us who do travel around quite a bit to different countries and and shows, we still you know we, we heard things from uh, from Australia as well and uh, and uh, other places, uh, Brazil and uh, and and uh, elsewhere in the US to see exactly how pinball is is faring in the, in these tough times. You know, it's tough for tough for operators and tough for location owners and tough for for bar owners. Yeah, but. Uh, but it seems to be thriving in other areas, as was mentioned earlier, particularly with home sales. Right. But anyway, so here well, there was, go, was, go was, and check it out. Yeah, so there was one other um, video that I recall from Pinball Expo, um, which is actually a video that didn't get to air correctly. Uh, I think um, I've seen at least two attempts to, uh, to air it. Um, and that was a, a video from Pinball Adventures, who is uh, currently uh, involved in uh, prototyping uh, the game Bunny Factory. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a video and they were sort of doing a small workshop tour or whatever you want to call it. Too bad the, the, the video quality was uh, very bad. It appeared that the rendering of the video hadn't been done correctly. Uh, but I was actually very much looking forward to seeing that again. So I'm, I'm 
keeping an eye open to see whether that video is available uh, on the internet because it really looked like, um, uh, well, it was interesting, I think. So, okay. uh, yeah, and obviously um, I haven't seen all seminars yet. Um, no, I still no, need to find the time to, uh, to look them back. But they're currently still available on the Pinball Expo Twitch channel, so do check them out if you uh, miss any of those. And one th talking of Pinball Expo, we should probably mention that uh, the one of the announcements made during that show was uh, something we, we knew about for a while and sort of uh, intimated before, but couldn't couldn't uh, announce it ourselves because it was up to Rob Burke, Pinball Expo organizer, to make the announcement, which he did on the the virtual Pinball Expo. Is that that show is moving? Um, it's it won't be held at the West Inn in Wheeling anymore, or at least not for the foreseeable future, and is moving to the conference center in uh, Schomburg and uh, the which is part of the uh, Renaissance or Renaissance hotel complex and there was a, a, a video showing you around the, the hotel which looked uh, very nice a very high quality business class hotel and, uh, and the dates have been set for that for 2021 so that's again in, in October although it's a little bit later I think um, maybe a week or two later and at the moment, sadly, it seems to be clashing with the, the grand old Pim, uh, Game Room Expo show. Um, so I don't know whether those dates are going to uh, stay for, well, I'm sure they're not going to change for, for uh, Pim World Expo, but I don't know whether the grand old um, Game Room Expo show, Grand, grand Ogre, um, is going to change its dates or uh, there'll just be a bit of a clash. I mean, there's a fair old distance between the two of them, so maybe the maybe the audience isn't the same for the, for the two of them. But it'll be... Uh, have a look on the Pinball News diary page and you'll see the dates for, for that show and, and lots of other shows going into uh, through 2021 and into 2022 as well. Assuming, that is, of course, that uh, we can have shows again, which, uh, fingers crossed, right. that we can. Because right, okay. we need them. But in the meantime, um, if you can't get to uh, a location such as, uh, say, the Pacific Pinball Museum in Alameda in California, you can enjoy some of the exhibitions that they have they've held there because they put them online for you for free. So if you go to uh, pacificpinball.org slash exhibition, you can uh, enjoy um, some some of the online exhibit exhibitions, which, which include artwork um, for about the pointy people, um, which uh, includes the the, uh, the drawings of Jerry uh, Kelly and Christian Marsh, of course, on uh, on the EM games. You know, they had very stylized style of uh, of, uh, of artwork, uh, which is instantly identifiable, and um, also very. Um, very bespoke is um, Art Stenholm's work as well, and uh, they have an exhibition of the the art of art, um, art of Art Stenholm. So you can you can look at that. That's um, you know they're, they're not not hugely in depth, but they're they're very very good to spend fifteen minutes browsing through and uh, examining all the pictures. And uh, they've also got one on on pinball style as well, which looks at the uh, the different styles of uh, of um, clothing and um pop art basically um oh. showing what what pinball art was showing and how it reflected the uh, the style of the time so right. yeah all, all for free so uh pacific pinball dot com dot check say. that out because um uh, i've been to the pacific pinball museum on uh, several occasions mm -hmm. 
And um, yeah, always uh, nice people. Michael, uh, she's comes to mind. Um, yeah, Melissa. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, Darcy and um, yeah, great people. And um, uh, they were the museum was featured in uh, Pimmel Magazine number one as well. So uh, I'll definitely take a look. Uh, because obviously I was not able to, to visit all these uh, exhibitions, so I hope uh, the online presentation is uh, is done in a very uh, well uh, respectful way. Yeah, it's very easily accessible, and uh, you know doesn't doesn't involve a huge equipment of your time, and you can come back and uh, to pick up at any point. So yeah, nicely done, well done to them. Um, talking of uh, presentations. Um, I suppose we should go back. Uh, well, we were talking earlier about Slash. Uh, well, the guy's been busy not just with his uh, role in promoting his Guns N' Roses game with uh, Jersey Jack Pimble, but also going back to the uh, the Data East game of, of the same name. And he's been signing copies of uh, the 30 Years of Stern uh, book, which is uh, being still being produced by Paperflock, Following a, a Kickstarter which began in October 2016, so uh, oh, about that four years, um, four year anniversary. Um, although he's signing copies, there's no actual release date set yet. Um, the publishers, Paperflock, uh, sent out a rather odd survey to well, put, put online an odd survey to those people who backed the book through Kickstarter, um, not asking them how they wanted it delivered or offering them to offering um, payment options, but asking sort of like a customer survey, asking um, what's your level of education? What's your income? Would you buy more copies of the book, which at least might be interesting because then could affect their print run. But there's a lot of personal questions in there, which seemed odd. And it's, it's not the standard Kickstarter uh, backer survey, which you get when the, when the project reaches uh, fruition, right. which is really sort of asking how, how you want it delivered. Um, and how you're going to pay for it. But um, they, they said that they wanted to get that survey out of the way first before getting on to the other one, which sort of delays things even longer for no obvious reason. Right. So anyway, um, apparently the book is done, but um, and it's printed, not actually uh, being well, shipped yet. We, we've seen pictures of... Uh, well, some being signed. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a I don't know, a, a test run or a, you know, a, a sample well, run. I, we, I've seen a photo... Uh, in which at least I'd say a couple of dozen books are uh, printed, and I'm assuming based on the cover that it is that uh, that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so. hopefully we could just we've seen this for four years, but hopefully that book will be uh, released and sent out to its its backers. People who uh, kept the faith for these four years. Well, the first they need uh, to to pay for shipping, and uh, um, I believe that's already causing some uh, uh, discussion online. Um, as some people feel like, "Hey, I waited four years for this. Why should I pay for shipping?" You basically, uh, the, 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 well, yeah, you, you owe if, us. If you, if, well, you owe us so. Uh, you delayed it by four years, so you might as well do the shipping for free. Obviously, um, that might not uh, be um, make make any sense. On the other hand, if it's shipped with media mail in the US, um, I don't think they sold more than five hundred copies. So those costs, okay, you're looking at a couple of thousand bucks, but still, 
Yeah, it'd be nice to just get the game, oh, the books out there. I mean, they raised and, like $55,000, so you think you might be able to, to 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 include some free shipping at some point to compensate for the uh, for the massive delay. But that I, would be a nice up, gesture. It, yes. It's not up to me, so no, no, we don't know how the figures work out and how much what what costs are being involved in uh, in all the extra work that's obviously gone into the game into the book uh, to cover games up to uh, Aerosmith. I think I think that's about the uh, where, yeah. where the book ends. Okay, there's, there's also talk about whether there'll be a a, sec- a, a sort of version two point zero, which will bring it more up to date with um, all the games that have been released since Aerosmith. Right. But anyway, that's, yeah. uh, well, this the point is a great is opportunity it, to... It's getting there, but it's not there. Yeah, so, uh, well, speaking of shipping costs, this is a great way to segue into uh, a um, uh, sort of household announcement for Pinball Magazine. Um um, I've had the uh, I well actually, COVID turns out to be a sort of a blessing in disguise when it comes to <laughs> shipping costs. It's got a very good disguise. Uh, <laughs> well, um, yeah. So I've been having some issues with uh, Deutsche Post, who is uh, my uh, default shipping company. Uh, turns out I was able to. Uh, um, uh, to get some better. Postal rates on on certain uh, products uh, with uh, Postnl, which is the national uh, shipping company over here, um, by splitting up packages. And uh, uh, there's a rule over here: if if a, a package contains or a letter contains any goods, then you, uh, the a higher postal rate is applicable. But the uh, magazines are not considered goods because they are still paper, so it's a document, and documents uh, qualify for a lower po- uh, postal rate. Okay. And uh, so that means that um, shipping costs to the U.S. Uh, for a single issue uh, dropped significantly, uh, I'd say uh, almost like 50%. Um, a magazine can be shipped to you uh, for... I'd say it's probably twelve dollars instead of the twenty-four, twenty-five dollars that that uh, used to be charged. So, if you're looking to uh, to purchase Pinball Magazine, um, now may be a good opportunity because shipping costs are um, reduced when shipped as single issues instead of uh, being packaged up. Because as soon as they are becoming a package, then it's Pricing is through the roof, but so there's a small loophole which I'm using, and uh, use it to your benefit, I would say. Oh, good news, excellent. Okay, well, it's good to end on some some good news. Yeah, um, I haven't got anything else. I don't think that I want to raise other than to uh, say if you if you got any news that you think we should be covering, then please feel free to drop us a line, either to uh, editor at pinballnews.com or editor at pinball-magazine.com and we'll uh, we'll see if we can get it into into next month's podcast right can't say fairer than that can we yeah so um, um, well we're out of news I suppose so um, let's just quickly run this up Um, hope you'll be joining us next month again Uh, thank you for listening and um, bye bye yeah yeah goodbye see you next time (laughs)